announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Outsider Show. Congratulations. You played yourself. Yeah! I thought I was pressing the button. I wasn't. Yeah! Lucha Outsiders. <laughs> I'm Leo. That's Mario. The heel that seals the deal, the villain that stays chilling, the anti-hero of the IWC, your boy, Mr. Rated R. And our third man on the broadcast team. He is the analyst of the LOC. When it comes to Twitter, he's a straight Tweeted. shooter ah. Ooh, from like the that. mean streets of L.I. What's up? There you I go, love how right? I can be there a part go. of the intro from the beginning. I don't have to wait five minutes to make my grand entrance. I can just be a part of the three-man group right off the bat as soon as we go on the air. No wasting time. I'm here. What's good, guys? You see how that was a very easy transition? You know, there was no, like, there was no hiccups. Ryan knows when to come in. He knows... He has his little shtick that he says in the beginning, and it, mm-hmm. it, it was a very easy transition. When we were still doing these rotating, like, third gimmicks, me and Leo would have to, like, yeah. procrastinate like, so, for, like, a couple more seconds. <laughs> so what do we do now? Like, <laughs> 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 they can also hear the show. Uh, where, Mario? Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, we're going to be fancy Apple Podcasts. Tune in, La Mescla app, Lotriero.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Wherever you get your podcast needs, leave us a five-star frog splash, rating review, comments, grievances, bury either one of us. It'll most likely be the old man, Leah. Right here. This guy. <laughs> What's up, guys? Not much, bro. We're ready to talk wrestling. Yeah, baby, the Miz is still champion. Woo! No. Yeah. You, you... What? I wonder how his stomach's doing. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder if he's got those cramps still. <laughs> All right, before we get started, give me a minute. Uh... Hashtag is Rebel time. Yeah. Um, and some unfortunate news that we have to um, give a rest in peace to Jim Crockett Jr. Uh, for those that don't know, he was the, uh, one of the main uh, guys behind Jim Crockett promotions back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, he was struggling, some health issues. He was in um, pretty critical condition um, the last couple of days. And, you know, his liver failure, kidney failure. Yeah. Uh, not good news. He died at the age of 76, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, uh, you know, big rest in peace to Jim Crockett Jr. Yeah, we were just talking off the off the air about all the things that he, you know, did for this business. And a lot of what we see today wouldn't have been possible without him. So rest in peace to him. It's really sad news. Um, you know, I'd like to see, I, I think the NWA and the Ring of Honor, they teamed up, what was it, 2018 to bring back the Crockett Cup? I'd like yep. to see that, um, you know, 
an annual thing every single year. Now that the NWA is coming back, um, you know, them teaming up with some a company like Ring of Honor to do that every year to honor him would be awesome. Uh, so yeah, huge rest in peace to him. It's a big loss for wrestling. So what you guys yeah. are telling me that there is wrestling outside of the WWE? There's such a thing as a Crockett Cup? Listen, oh breaking god. news! Breaking news! Oh okay. my god! Santa Claus isn't real, and there's <laughs> wrestling outside of the WWE. What up to Scott yeah. Rand, New Triple Threat. Welcome, Ryan. Uh, Brian Sendek. Happy Revolution Day. Super excited to see James Elworth, the worthy Hall of Famer himself, <laughs> make his AEW debut tonight. He's Listen, if James, if James Ellsworth <laughs> shows up on AEW, I might potentially have to question if I'm going to continue being an AEW fan or not. Why well, both? I think I'd stop watching, honestly. I, I think I'd, I'd just be full. Honestly, at that point, I'll just stick to WWE. I won't even bother with anything outside of the WWE. Man. What, you know what, what if What if they do a whole uh, uh, Russo swerve? What if they do have, like, Gilbert or Ellsworth come out, right? They get this whole pops and circumstance, and then you have the actual person they want to show, like, just do their finishing move. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, <laughs> it, it, it'd probably get a little pop out of me, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and at first, you'd see some rage and some anger, and then when I see the real guy come out, I'd be like, okay, Tony, you got me. That, that, <laughs> sounds, yeah, you're... A little, that sounds a little bit too convoluted to my liking, but let's leave that to the end, because I'm sure we'll all have different opinions <laughs> on who it could potentially be or not be. What yeah. uh, what up to our people in España? They are number three listening from our podcast. I was just checking it out right now. Thank you to España and the UK and here in the US. Let's go. I don't know what the All hell right. they're understanding, but go ahead. Re really quick, I just want to touch on some notes that, that happened last night at uh, GCW Take Care um, live on Fight TV. I was supposed to go, but unfortunately with some uh, some due to some personal reasons, I didn't go. But I did order in on Fight, and what a hell of a show Game Changer mm -hmm. Wrestling uh, put on last night. Live from Atlantic City. There were some interesting notes that I do want to talk about because you potentially might be going to Mania and might be going to spring break. So you're in for some quite surprises. So yeah, one, what do you, there's a, Jordan Oliver had a match last night. Mm -hmm. uh, he defeated AJ Gray. And then after the match, he cut, he cut a promo saying like, you know, he's one of the best out there and he challenges Leo Rush at spring break. What do you think about that? I did see the graphic. Yeah, dude, that match gets me insanely hyped. Um, you know, Jordan Oliver, I'm a huge fan of him. I haven't seen too much of his work, but when I do see him, he always impresses me. I mean, the, the, the dude is unreal, and we know how good Leo Rush is. So, right. uh, man, that's that's a really great match for spring break. It's going to be an absolute banger. Yeah, Jordan Oliver is super young. He's currently, uh, besides him being an indie guy and, and being a GCW regular, he's currently signed to MLW. He, he's one hell of a talent, and he's very, very young. I think he's only like 21, 22, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, yeah, I can see somewhere down the line, he's so he's that young. Depending on the direction that he wants to take his career, whether he wants to have a, a cup of coffee in New Japan, or I can see WWE eyeing down this guy at some point, somewhere down the line. Let me let me just say this too. Uh, he's one of those guys that's so young that's literally like opening up a lot of eyes right now. And I'm not saying he's like the only one. You know, I know Alex Zane, Blake Christian, they're all young guys. Mm -hmm. But I would just like to see a young guy like him do a lot more outside of WWE before he right. jumps ship right mm -hmm. there. Okay. It'd be just because, you know, again, whatever he wants to do with his career, if he wants to go there and make the money and it's, it's fulfill the dream because he feels like he may not get another opportunity, which is crazy, let him go. You know, I guess if that makes him happy. But 
as a fan, I would like to see him do things outside the WWE, accomplish everything he could possibly do. And then the door will always be open there. I mean, yeah. if you open up a lot of eyes outside of the WWE, they'll always come calling when the opportunity is right. So I just hope for Jordan Oliver's sake, he, he makes the right decision. As And as a fan of him, I'd like to see him do more before he jumps ship too quickly. And the no, la- I agree 110%. The last thing you want is is for them just to know one style. You know, uh, the, the whole thing of doing these different promotions and doing the different shows and getting to know different wrestlers is that you have to adapt your style to theirs. And plus, you pick up nuances that you actually bring into your arsenal. So you are a, a, a different type of wrestler when you get to the WWE. Uh, yeah. If you're just doing the WWE style, then that's all you're going to do for the rest of your life. Just saying. And then they let you go, and then you got to learn it when you're 38. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> <just saying. laughs> um. So the, the, the big main event at, at GCW last night was Janela versus Ricky Shane Page, title versus Spring Break. Now, it was a lot of hype going into this match. Ricky Shane Page being the GCW champion, Janela putting Spring Break on the line. And as a fan, I was very torn. I'm, I'm a big fan of Joey Janela. Also, I'm a big fan of Ricky Shane Page and everything he's doing with 440. Big fan. So... They, they, they beat the shit out of each other. There was a lot of shenanigans. Now, earlier in the night, um, during after the match between Effie and A- uh, Atticus, Colgar, Effie joined 4-4-0. And right off the bat, I'm like, this is really fishy. One, he's not from Ohio. That's one. Effie's not from Ohio. He's from Florida. Two, it's like, man, I, I instantly just started like like booking in my head. I'm like, yo, this guy's going to cost Ricky Shane Page the title. I'm like, there's no way this is going to stick, right? So there were some shenanigans, you know, after Effie joined the 440. Fast forward to the main event. You know, the the clause, there was a stipulation in the match is if 440 did get involved in the match, as in, like, if they ch- touched Janela, Ricky Shane Page had a forfeit the title, and then Janelle, and then Janelle's a new champion, and then, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That was a stipulation. There was some shenanigans. There was some interference, but nobody really put their hands on Janela. Now, during the match, Effie did, like, towards the tail end of the match, Effie did get in the ring, and he wanted to, like, like help Ricky Shea Page. I feel like the referee might have been knocked out. I'm not really sure. And then Effie fucking turns on Ricky Shea Page, and I'm like, I fucking knew it. I fucking yeah. knew it, right? <laughs> so now Ricky Shea, Page, um, Ricky Shea Page is, like, on the ground or whatever. Janelle's, like, knocked out. And then Effie's like fighting off the rest of 440. Out comes Chris Dickinson. And I'm like, everybody knows Dickinson and Janela. They're very close. They're best friends, right? Mm-hmm. So now he gets in the ring. He throws water at Janela, like trying to wake him up. And he's like, come on, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it, right? And I'm like, yo, if Dickinson turns on Janela, this place is going to fucking lose their mind. What happens? Dickinson fucking turns on Janela. Oh, my God. Bro, the crowd got fucking it. It went nuts. It was like, "Boo, you piece of shit!" They started throwing garbage. It was like the oh end. Like God. the last like fifteen minutes of the show was very WCW Monday Nitro. Like awesome. there was like trash insane. getting in the ring. So it kind of sounds his- like to not to cut you off. It kind of sounds like what didn't the night that Ricky Shane Page won the title, the same thing happened. They like the fans threw garbage in the ring and all that. No, well, Ricky Shane. Ricky or Shane was Page it when he retained his title in some like screwy finish? He retained the title and Eric Ryan joined 4 for all. It, was, it happened to AC too. And that's when a riot broke down. Yeah, they, yeah, okay. They, they, like, they like broke, they like destroyed Nick Gage. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
So whatever. He attacks Janela. He beats Janela up. And fucking Ricky Shane Page pins Janela. And he retains. And not only does he retain the, the championship. But now spring break is our spring break. Or 440 spring break. Whatever you want to call it. It was just a crazy. It was just like crazy to think that now we're going to watch spring break. Whether you're there live. Or if you're watching on fight app. It's not going to mm-hmm. say Janelle anymore. It's going to say, you're going to see Ricky Shane Page on there. I'm sure Janelle is still going to be involved, but you're going to see the 440. It's going to be all their gimmicks. And just kind of based on what we saw during the 24 hour uh, event, you know, Fight Forever, you know how everyone had like their own block and 440 yeah. had their own block. It was very well produced, especially with some of the vignettes that we got there. So I can only imagine what they're going to do from a production standpoint for spring break. But the biggest news wasn't even that. Like, if that wasn't big enough. So. This is going back to like the comparison of like WCW Monday Nitro. So, you know, there's trash getting thrown in the ring or, you know, 440 as a unit, Ricky Shane Page, you know, they're just standing tall. Out comes Nick Gage. <laughs> the crowd is losing their mind. Like, there's a fucking mosh, like, during like that little entrance gimmick. And Nick Gage just goes in there. He starts fighting 440 and he just has a face on Ricky Shane Page as a typical heel, chicken shit heel. Ricky Shane Page gets out, out of the ring and Nick Gage gets on the mic and says, I'm taking my title back. I'm cashing in my slot at uh, Tampa. So Ooh. people are already assuming that's going to happen at spring break. Yeah. So it, it, listen, it, if there's any time for Nick Gage to get the title back, it's got to be a spring break. Dude, that would be an unbelievable moment. Damn, you're selling me on spring break. I think I got I got to go to the show now. You better. Listen, you better go, my friend. You better oh go to the Lord. Spring. Yeah, man. That, that I mean, so like you know, I obviously follow GCW online on Twitter, on Instagram, all those t- you know, all those things. So I'm up to date with go with what goes on. Um, I don't watch the shows nearly as much as I probably should because it sounds so damn interesting. Um, I was watching UFC last night. Uh, if there was nothing on, I'd probably uh, tune in because I did see that you know that match between Ricky Shane Page and Joey Janela was hyped up for a while, and yeah. um, you know. Uh, Man, that just sounds so so crazy with so many twists and turns and so many shenanigans. So many. I feel like I got you in your feels right now, dude. You, you got go? me, man. You you got me like wanting to tune into like you know GCW more often. And uh, man, I think you literally just sold me on Spring Break with those two matches alone, right there with uh, Jordan Oliver and Leo and uh, Nick Gage and Ricky Shane Page. And God, that would just be a crazy moment if you know Nick Gage ends up becoming champion uh, after you know the show is named after four four zero and you know, all the things just happened here, but man, that sounds really awesome. So the thing about GCW too, is because a lot of people, when they hear game changer wrestling, they instantly think death matches. Right. And don't get me wrong. There were, there were, I think like two or three, two death matches last night. There Mm -hmm. is death matches, but it's not all death matches. You know, you, you see like strong style matches. You see a lot of, uh, you know, grapple, you know, uh, you know, catch wrestling you see a lot of, you know you see lucha on there you see mm-hmm. so many different varieties of, of wrestling so I, I think at times uh, unless you're kind of like woke on the product and, and you follow it sometimes it gets kind of like typecasted where it's like oh it's just deathmatch wrestling but it's beyond death ra- match wrestling and i've never been a deathmatch wrestling guy i've started like fa- getting into like the kind of like the deathmatch scene within like the last three years or so so i'm still fairly new in the deathmatch scene yeah as a kid 
before I even started doing this podcast or whatever, I would go online and read a lot of like the combat zone wrestling results or whatever. I never went to any mm-hmm. of the shows, but like I would yeah. read on results to see like, oh, who's uh you know, who's coming out of there, you know, whether it was like a Nick Gage or like a John Moxley or whatever. Who's trying to kill um, themselves well, this week? What was that? I say who's trying to kill themselves this week is what you were Pretty looking much, at. Pretty much, man. <laughs> um, Sammy Callahan. Like I would read like results, but like I never really got into deathmatch wrestling like like that until yeah. like the last three years. So um Game Changer Wrestling is a great company. That's why I was very uh proud that the Lucha Outsiders were, you know, they played their part and, you know, got to we got to as a collective, we did make a donation and, you know, we were one of the proud sponsors for their twenty four ever event. Uh, you know, Fight Forever, which you know, I, I as much as I enjoy doing the show and obviously we do the show to get like more uh you know more more listens or more views etc cetera, etc cetera. but i also want to give back to the talent because they're the of ones course, that you know yeah. if it wasn't for them we wouldn't be doing the show so you're telling right, me that, we wouldn't be fans so you're telling me that uh, that we're not the talent <gasps> oh my god we're not the one wrestling because <gasps> no pe- some people out See, there think people, that eh? <laughs> some people tend to like you know some people tend to you know do pages and do podcasts because they want to get themselves over because they yeah. can't be in the ring and, and they won't even give back to the actual wrestlers that's what mm-hmm. they do they just want to do it for likes and stuff like that and they only post about shit when it's only trending of course that ain't us here that ain't us here can't be us we oh. can't relate <laughs> although if you guys want to hit like and share the video it would help <laughs> <laughs> Please do, yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk about some New Japan, bro, because I definitely want to hear Ryan's thoughts on this. So, last week when we were talking about um, we were talking about the the the, um, the Castle Attack events, uh, we talked about how we were kind of disappointed that Abushi retained the Intercontinental Championship. Naito, you know, caught a big L, and just based on some of the mat- the matches that occurred this past week, he continues catching L's. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> So there was this press conference. Um, <clears throat> they 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 made some announcements for the New Japan Cup, and then also, Abushi went on record um, this unification for the heavyweight and IC championships. Listen, I feel like any time this guy gets on the mic. Now, granted, I know he's speaking Japanese, not in English, but then obviously you get like the subtitles or whatever. I feel like every guy, every time he gets on the mic, I feel like it's just like a, a walking contradiction. He's a talking contradiction. Because <laughs> he says like, oh, you know, I'm unifying the titles, but the, the history of the Intercontinental Championship and the history of the Heavyweight Championship is not going anywhere. But when they they, they, they give him the new World Heavyweight Championship, he's going to be recognized as the first World Heavyweight mm-hmm. Championship. So it's yeah. like, what the hell is it? And then, let's be honest here. Anybody that follows New Japan, like we all do, right? We already saw the Heavyweight Championship as a world title. Like any other organization, whether it was Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, anybody that, that's opening to acknowledging, even WWE, I'll even throw WWE in there. When they mm-hmm. talk about the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, they say that's the world title in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I mean, yeah, of course. So I, I, I'm just not a fan of it, bro. I'm not no. a fan of it, and I know we are the majority. The, the the people that that are in the majority that that are not a fan of this know how we feel. But even with this, even with a topic like this, you have which they're in the minority. There are some people trying to defend the the, the actions by New Japan of unifying these titles. No, there, there's no defending it. I, I mean. I really am shocked that they're going this route. I, I really am, just because of the history behind these both of these championships. 
Uh, you know, we talked at length on this show about how we do not want to see the Intercontinental Championship be retired. Mm-hmm. But I think I would be okay with that if we could keep the IWGP Championship the way it is right now and not get a new design. Like, if it wasn't bad enough that that championship's going away, I can't believe that they're getting a new championship belt. You know, if they want to just call the current one the World Championship, okay. But they're going to get a new design now? No. Now, I have no doubts that it's going it, to... Not gonna look good. I think it's gonna look beautiful, but man, what are you doing? So, so you're telling me the video that they play before IWGP Heavyweight Championship matches with the lineage of champions? You're, you're telling me it's just gonna start from number one now? That's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. Everybody else who won that, that's it. It's done. That time period is over with. The history is no more. We're starting fresh in 2021. Out of all years, well, it, dude, I don't get it, man. I, I, I don't understand the the reasoning behind it. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, I'm still not over it. I don't think I'll ever get over it, to be honest, because I, it's just it's depressing. It really is. I mean, th- th- there's so much history in New Japan behind these championships, and it just seems like it's, it's gone now. And Abushi's getting some heat in New Japan, all right? Abushi's well, getting yeah, some he's heat. He's the guy who wanted to do this. Kayfabe, in my opinion, you know? his reactions are not that great. And listen, and I know it's, it's Japanese. It's, a compl- it's, it's Japan, and they speak Japanese, so it's a whole different culture, right? But... When Tanahashi, Okada, Naito, when they get on the mic, right, even though we might not understand what the hell they're saying, they're very charismatic, right? Listen, Abushi, this might be something that people don't want to hear, but Abushi has the personality of, like, wet paint. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) He does have... Compared to the others, yeah, I could agree. He does nothing for me. Like, don't get me wrong, he's amazing in the ring. He's arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world. But the dude has heat. He has a crazy amount of heat. His reaction... Now he definitely does. He, his reactions from the crowd yeah. are not that you hear that pop. I'm sorry. He, no. he, he literally should turn heel at this point. I mean, I just don't see how he could just. I mean, even the fans in Japan, right? And like they're the very respectable, you know, very respectable fans. Like they they understand the history. They they respect pro wrestling in ways that we don't hear in, in the U.S. Uh, they're smart. They know what they're doing. Even when he, you know, he got on the microphone after the match with uh, Desperado at the anniversary show, and he said Great once match. again that he Great match. Yeah, awesome match. We'll, you know, talk about more into that. But, um, you know, when he got on the mic after and said again, he's unifying these belts. Not many claps uh, from the crowd. That you could tell that even the Japanese fans are not too fond of this. And, um, you know, I would love to just like. You know, again, we can't understand, you know, um, the, the fans or, or these wrestlers there. But I would just love to, like, gauge the reaction of every single fan in New Japan, uh, of New Japan in, in Japan, um, and, like, find out what they really think about this. And is there some that do like this? Is there some that don't? Is it universally, like, an unpopular decision? Like, I'm curious, man. But I did notice that when he announced after the anniversary show that he wanted to unify the belts. It was kind of like a somber reaction, man, and and I can't blame these fans because it's just you know. Uh, our boy uh, Scott Rand here on the chat saying you got to hit those closed captions on YouTube. I'd be lost without them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Sams is saying it's a money move. It is traditional and historical thing that should be kept, but it is a money move. Again, you have to like from a marketing point. It's something new that you get to promote. It's something fresh. There's new eyes on it. I understand the whole lineage and I understand all that. But I mean, look look at the big gold belt. You know, they just stopped it abruptly. Then they joined it with something else and they brought it back. 
Like, do you really have a lineage? Aside from the from the Intercontinental Champion, there is no straight lineage anymore. Two two things about what Ryan mentioned about Abushi uh, making the announcement, and it was very somber the the reaction from the audience. I love the Jap- the the Japanese audience so much because even if they don't like something, <laughs> they're they're very like how you said they react very quietly or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. If it would have happened here in the states, oh god, oh you suck! Yeah, right, right. They'd be they'd be, it'd be like shades of the GCW crap throwing throwing garbage right? in the ring. Like, mm-hmm. You suck! You be- we like Kenny better anyways. Like you would hear like all these crazy chants. Also, can we talk about my guy Tana- Tanahashi's facial reaction? <laughs> when he was making these announcements, it looked to me right. Hiroshi Tanahashi's facial reaction when Abushi was saying all these things about unifying the titles or whatever—it's on the screen. Even Tanahashi, yeah, looked like he was not a fan of it. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I saw that, when they they panned over to him on the commentary table and you know his reaction, I tweeted it out actually on the Lucha Outsiders Twitter page at Lucha Outsiders. Go follow it. Uh, very active on there recently. <laughs> Because uh, your boy's taking over, man. So go follow him <laughs> for some entertainment and some uh, informative wrestling tweets. But like anyways, it, like yes, it. I quote tweeted that, uh, the gif of that, and said, this is literally all of us. And that was, I think, all of our reactions. It's just like we're kind of just like, we want to cry because it's just yeah. a part of history is going away. And you know what I actually saw on Twitter, too? And, and honestly, it's funny, but it, I wouldn't doubt if it's true. I just feel like they ran out of room on the on the championship, you know, with the nameplates and stuff of all the of all the champions. I just feel like they ran out of room, so they said, you know what, this is our way out of this. We're just going to retire these two championships. We're going to bring a new one. Maybe we'll make the nameplates smaller, so we don't got to retire this one in, in the next ten years. It's <laughs> a quick sidebar because you mentioned Twitter. Let me tell y'all something. Wow. Ryan has done more with our Lucha yeah. Outsiders Twitter in yeah. one week yeah. than, <laughs> yeah. told, than the Twitter's whole lifespan yeah. for the Lucha Outsiders. So make sure you – now you, I could finally say it proudly. Make sure you follow <laughs> at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook because, Ryan, you're doing such an amazing job, bro. Oh, thank you. I'm having a blast on it. I, I hope uh, people are enjoying it. And like I said, it's, it's a cool outlet you know, um, to just tweet whatever I want when it comes to wrestling. I could bitch, moan, complain, rant – Praise whatever I want to do, whatever whatever mood I'm in, you know. So uh, I had a, I, I had a couple people uh, messing me during the week, which it, you know, which did make me laugh, especially for such a stressful week uh, in my life. But so uh, Danielle from the Hill March hit me up, and she goes like, "You're on Twitter now," and I'm like, "No, no, no, that's <laughs> that's our not the new kid. It's the new kid. He's getting that's used our, to that's, uh, our, yeah. that's, that's my bud uh, Ryan. He's uh, he's taking over our Twitter. And he's yeah. doing amazing things. But- and then our, our friends, our friends from Chicago, the rest friends, was like. Are you guys on Twitter now? And I'm like, no, that's my buddy Ryan, you know, the new Lucha Outside or whatever. And Leo knows the rest friends, and I'm sure sooner rather than later we'll we'll get the rest friends on, or or maybe you'll do their podcast one day or whatever. But he's like, so tell me about this Ryan guy, and I'm like, nah, he's a you know he's a friend, he's a great guy, he's doing so much. He's already in a in a week span, he's yeah. doing so much stuff for us. He was like, okay, here's the next question: Is he a rest friend? And I'm like, I guarantee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan will be a rest friend. We'll, we'll vouch I hope for him. So, yeah, we'll vouch they for seem, him. They seem they seem like good people. <laughs> uh, I, I got the follow from 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 them on. Uh, Actually, Sunday night after we did the the show last week, you know, right mm-hmm. off the bat. So uh, 
But by yeah, the way, so. by the way, thank you, Ryan, because I actually forgot that I had the notifications on for Twitter on my phone, and every time you post, it just keeps ringing, so I had to shut it off. Thank you for reminding me to shut off the Twitter. Oh my god, it's good though. That's it's good. Hilarious. <laughs> Listen, Leo, we, oh, we all have roles here, right? We all have roles here. Leo needs to worry just about the production element of what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing. Yeah, don't worry, That's don't worry. I, I got, I got the Twitter under control. You don't gotta worry about. That. No, no, no. Listen, Twitter. Finally, Leo, Twitter's in good hands right now. <laughs> Finally, we don't have to worry about Twitter. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, so let's let's um as much as I enjoy bashing Abushi, let's talk about Abushi <laughs> and Desperado because I thought this match was ex- excellent. Um, there was a couple other matches that happened this week that I do want to talk about too. But Jesus Christ, Abushi Desperado, man, you know Desperado, he, the way he's going right now, this might be a guy at the end of the year that we talk about like break breakout stars of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, no, t- totally. I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that one. He, ever since the best of the Super Juniors, um, you know, final match at, at the Budokan against uh, Hiromu, that's just been his, like, breakout right there. And and he's always been super talented, but yeah. he's just never been, like, uh, you know, given the spotlight, I guess, that he has been as of late. And he has a lot of love, man. A lot of people love him from, you know, yes. judging by my Twitter timeline and all the people that I follow that – are up with me at like 5 a.m. tweeting about New Japan. <laughs> Everybody seems to love this guy, and for <laughs> the right reasons, man. He he's he's awesome. And how about that? Two straight Budokan shows in a row were main evented by El Desperado. Yeah, man, uh, Desperado, dude. Uh, I- I'm happy, and I did a post uh, uh, later. Um, after we got off the air la- uh, last week on Sunday, and I did a post, you know, as much as I want an ELP to win, it- it's really hard to argue that New Japan didn't make the right decision by putting yeah. the title on, on Desperado. He he deserves it, and, and I hope man. he continues all this momentum because man, he's doing he's doing big things. But let's talk about the New Japan Cup real quick. Uh, there were some interesting notes coming out of there. Let's start first with uh, Shingo versus Okada. Jesus Christ, this is another match that I think we're going to talk about at the end of the year, man. Yeah. You said it, dude. Shingo. His role in this New Japan Cup looks very, very promising after pinning Okada. But we also got some Okada news, uh, rumors and news out of this. Uh, but what's your thoughts on this match first? Amazing. I actually, I'm, you know, um, as big of a New Japan fan as I am, I try and, like, wake up uh, and watch these shows live as much as I can, you know, depending on if I have work the next day or if I have to get up early. You know, if I can go back to sleep uh, and sleep until whenever, you know, I might as well just get up for it because nothing beats watching these shows live. You know, like, I could wake up and and watch it but it's just not the same you know and and of course i'm gonna wake up and go on twitter first and i don't want to be spoiled so I, I tend to just wake up and these shows are very easy to watch i mean especially now these matches uh well these shows i should say are only like two and a half hours long yep. and it's, just, it's an easy sit through you know and the way they're doing the new japan cup um you know shows it's either like uh two or three new japan cup matches so you'll have like two or three tag matches in the beginning of the show that go by like really quickly. And then you have either three or you know, two or three uh, cup matches that are, you know, very quick. It's kind of like the, the G1 in a way. Uh, it doesn't take up too much time. And it's like I said, just an easy watch. So I actually got up, I watched, uh, you know, uh, Hanma versus Suzuki, Juice versus Kenta. And then the main event, of course, which is why I got up, Shingo and Okada. And Shingo is my pick to win the whole entire thing, man. I, I filled out a bracket and everything. Like, I got Shingo <laughs> going all the way, man. Like, he's my pick. I would love to see him and Ibushi in a one-off at, you know, the Sakura Genesis yeah. um, event. I think it would be huge for him. And, uh, yeah, just an absolute banger of a match that I have no doubt would have been. Uh, another uh, another person that had a really good showing, which I'm going to go on record here, here saying that this is probably 
his best match he's had in New Japan since he's, you know, he's made his, like, appearance in New Japan. And that's his Great Okan versus Naito. I think this is the best match he's ever had. Yeah, I mean, which, you know, I guess is not saying too much because he hasn't had too many matches yet since right. returning. But, yeah, I think, you know what? Uh, we talk that we're not the biggest fans of the Great Okan, and I know a lot of people aren't. Uh, even mm -hmm. uh, Uncle Dave, Dave Meltzer, is not a, a huge fan of him, which is, you know, pretty surprising. Uh, <laughs> you, you can see he's going to get better, though. You could see he's already getting better. It, it depends, I think, on who he works with. Um, he's different, you know? That's the best way to describe him. He's a different breed. He's a different character. He's, you know, he's not everybody's cup of tea, but he's clearly the one of the future pieces of this company. They yeah. obviously view him very highly, and he's going to be around for a while. And, um, you know, he didn't come in. He didn't beat Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom, which I know a lot of people didn't want. He didn't win the Never Open Weight Championship, which I think a lot of people expected him to, which I think is, is good. Um, he was due for a big win here. They usually, you know, if you've been following New Japan, you kind of know in these tournaments, they always have big upsets in the first round. Yeah. So I wasn't shocked that he beat Naito here. Um, and I agree with you. I think this was one of the better matches that we've seen. And he's just only going to get better from here. And I hope he does. And I hope he opens up a lot of people's eyes because I think he could be something special. But right now, not clicking too much. Another guy that he always looks impressive, but I think we're finally starting to see him getting booked right in New Japan, and that's Jeff Cobb, man. This guy's a fucking monster, dude. Mm -hmm. Dude, he is, for a long time, Jeff Cobb felt like just another guy in New Japan, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's yep. breaking out, and he's finally being booked as the monster that he should be. And, I mean, man, if he's not insanely over right now, he's only going to just get insanely over in the future. Like, he is just unbelievable that match that they had um it was one of the tag matches at cork and hall the other day where he just takes uh wado up and you know just tosses him around like a freaking rag doll into tour of the islands man <laughs> just incredible it's like he uh, grabbed him strength. and he legit like it's like it's like wado was like in a roller coaster like above jeff cobb <laughs> like all these twists and turns that he was doing to him it was incredible. It really yeah. was. I mean, unbelievable. Jeff Cobb is a monster, and I, I'm 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 thinking he's gonna have a big big year. Yeah, I agree. I wanna I wanna talk about some of the Okada news that came out this week. But before that, you you didn't mention uh, Suzuki versus Hanma. Mm -hmm. I've never ever been a fan of Hanma. Anytime mm -hmm. he's on my television, I want to throw something at my TV. I cannot stand him. I hate the way he looks. I hate the way he stands. I hate the way he sells. <laughs> I hate everything about this guy. Go off. Damn, tell me can how I you really you, feel. How, can, can I tell you how much I enjoyed Suzuki being the shit out of him? <laughs> Dude, I mean, how about those chops where they just oh. like, they just go at each other like, oh my lord, man. That's that's one of my favorite parts of the Suzuki matches. It doesn't matter if he's in there with Nagata or if he's in there with Hanma or whoever the hell he's in there with. Man, those chops are absolutely brutal. I mean, what a madman, let me tell you. Yeah, I, I can't stand how am I at all, so I'm happy Suzuki beat the shit out of him. But um, <laughs> when it comes to Okada, it's very, very interesting, which with the news that came out this week makes perfect sense on how Okada's been booked the last year mm -hmm. and him getting el even eliminated in the New Japan Cup. Yeah. So it came out the, the um, news this week that he has, um, I don't know if it's like herniated this or slipped this that he has on his back, and that's, this, the yeah. that's the reason why he's been wrestling a lot of multi-man matches and you know just wrestling tag matches, and he hasn't really been performing like the Okada that we've seen in all these recent years, but mm -hmm. like every now and then we'll see him have a performance. Like obviously he had... Um, this week in the New Japan Cup, 
against Shingo. We obviously that was an incredible match. So he's good for matches like that every now and then, but he can't yeah. have those type of matches frequently like he used to before. Yeah, I mean, you know, they I don't want to say they in like, New Japan wore him out, but um, you know, the, the amount of high level matches that he's been in for years. Mm-hmm. We go back to for 2017, 2018, 2019. You know, so we go, you, you can you even go back further than that. Dude. I mean, yeah, really. Again, all those matches against AJ Styles in, you know, 2015. Tanahashi. Yeah, right. I mean, he has literally given it all and really with no significant injuries. I mean, if he was dealing with some nagging stuff, I mean, he clearly didn't take that much time off or anything. So um, it, it's just been incredible the amount of at the level that he's been going for as long as he has been going for. So I'm not surprised to see that he, he's dealing with some injuries. And you know what? I think this is best for him to just go away for a while. You know, I, I think they have people like, you know, Ibushi, uh, you know, put aside your thoughts about, you know, how what, how he is right now with unifying the belts. But yeah, him, you have uh, a lot of this fresh, new and up and coming talent. You know, I just feel like they'd be OK right now. Without Okada, you know, they don't need him there. Let him take some time off. Let him get super healthy and, and, you know, take time off and and deal with the the shoulder and the neck and whatever the hell is bothering him. And then, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I I hate to put a timetable on it, but just say like a year and a half from now or whatever, he comes back in this massive return after Ibushi has gone through everybody, just say, or like just say Jay White's on this insane run right now. And then all of a sudden here comes Okada and, you know, I just think it, it would create a good moment and people would want to see Okada back in the heavyweight title mix. Because right now, I don't think a lot of people do. I mean, I, I don't no. want to see him in there. I love I Okada. I'm, I'm kind of like over it, you know, like he's just he shouldn't be in there right now. Um, and this is the best way. And you know, I saw I watched a little bit of the show uh, this morning. Well, I guess last night, this morning, whatever you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. And he he's in another tag match. And, you know, he's getting, you know, um, just you know, knocked down, taking these bumps. And, you know, after this news came out, I'm just like, what are they doing? Why is he in there? Why is he still (laughs) taking these? It just seems pointless, you know? He's already out of the New Japan Cup, so he's got no, like, future match planned for the next few weeks. Right, so why is he in there? Take him out. Let him get some time off right now. Let him go away for a while. And then, you know, maybe at that time, there'll be, um, you know, fans back in arenas here in the U.S., maybe come over to AEW, Impact. Just let him take some time off now uh, to deal with this stuff so that, you know, he could come back and, and, and be the Okada that we once we once saw years ago. I mean, it's and very plus, interesting. It's, uh, what was that, Leo? No, I'm saying, and plus, there is no off-season. So these guys have to be off of TV. They have to let their body rest at, at one point or another. You know, like, yeah, even if it's not a year and a half, hey, go away for six months. Go Go enjoy the money that you're making. Go on vacation. You know, it's also it's also very interesting that they, especially like what you elaborate right now. He's not even in the New Japan Cup no more. He's eliminated. So why do you have him in like these mediocre multi man matches and tag matches? Especially with one one of the biggest announcements they made this week that we're going to get Russell Grand Slam in May. Yeah, you're going to have it at the Yokohama Stadium in I think is May 15th, and then you have um they're going to head to the Tokyo Dome I think May 29th, which is. This is like I think in the first time I don't know how long maybe the first time ever where they're gonna do another show at the Tokyo Dome that's not even Wrestle Kingdom yeah. so you would think all right that's in May right hey Okada's eliminated from the New Japan Japan Cup hey let's give him the next three months off so we can bring him back yeah. for these two big shows that's true yeah I forgot about those I'm <laughs> sure he would want to be involved I'm sure New Japan would want him to be involved in a big match at you know both of those shows if not one of them 
Um, so yeah, let, let him heal now so he could go, you know, and perform at a high level at one of those shows and then maybe take some more time off after that. But yeah, I just see no purpose right now. Like I said, it's not like he's got an upcoming match against somebody, you know, where that's why he's got to be in these tag matches. Like I said, I see him taking shoulder tackles last night and I'm just like, why? Like, what are you doing? You're just damaging him more. Like you just don't need to rely on Okada right now. You have enough talent there and enough must see guys in new Japan that we don't need to see Okada at the moment. So you know, like I said, I just I hope that, you know, he takes some time off soon. I just, like I said, I don't know when they're going to take him off and pull him from these shows, but hopefully it's sooner rather than later. All right. Lastly, on New Japan, and I guess we could laugh a little bit on this. So maybe, maybe we'll laugh, maybe we won't. But uh, grand opening, grand closing for Marty Skrull. Um, after we talked about last week how he was supposed to be making his return to New Japan, it was rumored that he uh, filmed, uh, I guess, like a segment, some type of post-match attack or something with Rocky Romero. Well, guess what? That never happened because they're gonna yeah. completely erase that from the from the from the books. That never happened. Uh, it was reported, I believe, by the Super J cast, and then Dave Meltzer confirmed it that um, they received a lot of backlash, not only from like the fans, but also from people that actually work there. So I can only imagine. And this is just me hypothetically speaking here. I can only imagine like a guy like Chris Dickinson be like, "Listen, I don't feel comfortable working with this guy." Like, yeah. and he's like a key, you know, a key member of this New Japan Strong brand. So he's like, "Listen, if this, if you plan on keeping this guy around, I'm just don't plan on working the taping." So maybe other yeah. guys follow Chris Dickinson, and this is just me hypothetically speaking here. And guys were like, "Hey, I'm not. I don't feel comfortable working with this guy." And you know, they gave Marty the boot. So it looks like Marty will not be returning to New Japan. Yeah, I think that had to be the the deciding factor right there because I think New Japan had no problems uh, bringing him into the mix. And, you know, we, we talked about it a, a couple of months ago, I think, when I was on the show. We said, you know, the, the two places that we could see Marty Skrull going to would be New Japan or the WWE. And, um, you know, when this news came out that he was a part of the strong tapings, I wasn't shocked. But I think the backlash from the locker room is is exactly why they aren't going that route. And, and good on them, too, because... Uh, Again, it's just a messy situation, you know? I mean, this soon, too. If this happened, like, a year from now, maybe we're talking about maybe something, you know, a, a different um, reaction. Probably not, but it's just, it's way too soon. Like I said, I mean, it's it's a sad story. It really is a shame, but Marty Skrull did this to himself. And, uh, you know, like, like we mentioned on the show uh, not too long ago, he didn't do himself any favors with his statement mm. that, um, you know. Two of them. Two of yeah, them. Two. Yeah, didn't he just dug himself a deeper grave. And, you know, like I said, I, I, just, I really have no sympathy for the guy. I really don't. Um, so we'll see what happens with him. I, I don't know. Like I said, it's, it's one of the, the saddest stories in wrestling. Um, just because <laughs> he, he was so, man, he was so damn entertaining on BTE and a part of the Elite years ago. And it's just like. I'm, just... I'm laughing right now. I'm laughing. Not I'm not laughing. I want I want people to understand that I'm not laughing uh, like. The, the 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 horrendous shit that Marty has done in this past. Mm. That's not what I'm laughing. But like me just thinking in my mind as you're saying all this or whatever, like what are the chances this guy pops up in the ladder match tonight? Yeah, or... Right. Oh my <laughs> God. No, but you know what? I, I will say this though. The fact that New Japan went a, you know, they had a plan and then they had to put an they put an axe to it. You know, it, it that says a lot that New Japan is doing this. So Yeah. I think the only place somewhere down the line that would take them will probably be WWE because obviously they don't yeah. give a fuck. I mean, clearly not, but they're going to get a lot of backlash from it too. And, and you know, I, I know they don't they they tend to not give a shit, but I mean, it's just it's going to be tough bringing a guy like him in. You know, whatever company ends up doing it, 
it's going to be tough, man. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the right way to go about this is. I yeah. really don't. Maybe he should like change his gimmick completely. Like maybe like even change his name. Maybe do like some facial reconstruction on his face and just be a different guy. No, no, still it's still him. You still search him up. You still come up. It's still him. Even if he calls himself Sardi Smurl or something, it's still the same guy. <laughs> Snarty Merle. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some WWE stuff. Man, after three hours of shenanigans on Monday, we finally at least ended on a positive note. And that's mm -hmm. Bobby Lashley finally becoming the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. We had to go through three hours of shenanigans, mm, but yeah, yeah. at least... He's now champion, and it seems like everyone's happy about it. Everyone's happy about Bobby Lashley finally getting this ultimate prize. Uh, Ryan, what's your thoughts on Bobby being champion? And, you know, not so much the how we got there. No, it's freaking awesome, man. Um, I am not the biggest fan of Bobby Lashley, but I am definitely a fan. Uh, this guy is just awesome. Uh, his run in Impact Wrestling before he came back to the WWE was awesome. I mean, he was that dominant champion Kind of like what we we want to see from a guy like Brock Lesnar. The only right. difference is Bobby Lashley wrestled a hell of a lot more and appeared a hell of a lot more than Brock Lesnar. Uh, you know, when whenever he's champion, but he was just like like I said, didn't do much talking. All of his talking was done in the ring. Just a dominant world champion. And ever since he returned to the WWE in 2018, uh, WrestleMania 34 weekend, mm -hmm. he just hasn't been booked the way we saw. He was just a big joke. He was a geek. Um, you know, in storylines with Lana and Rusev and, you know, with um, Sami Zayn and, and his sisters and, you know, all that garbage. You remember that him through. when Leo Rush was paired up with him and, like, yeah. Bobby Lashley was, like, doing this posing weird Yeah, right, gimmick. right. Remember that? Yeah, what, yeah. Wasn't he shaking his ass at one point? Yep. In the mirror, right, or something like that. He was like, wasn't he doing like, wasn't he doing like the Ace Ventura thing where Ace Ventura would talk out of his ass or oh something? My God. Like that? Oh, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't it like that? It was very similar to that. It's honestly, and thank God, it's it's very forgettable at this point right. because, like I said, all that is buried, and now you just look at Bobby Lashley the same way we looked at him when, like I said, when he was in Impact Wrestling. And yep, I'm I'm really happy for the guy. Like I said, it's been a long time coming. What is it, like 16 years or something like that? This moment has been a uh, you know, he's been waiting for, and it, it was really good to see, despite the shenanigans. I mean, my goodness, man, like, they, they couldn't have dragged this out <laughs> any more than they did. I mean, the Miz with his cramps, I thought they were going to show, like, some Pepto-Bismol or, or something on the mm -hmm. screen, you know, an advertisement for that, where the Miz was, like, chugging that. Um, you know, the way they drag it out, oh, in another hour, he's going to defend, okay, uh, my guess was, like, after he had the cramps, I was thinking, like, explosive diarrhea in the next yeah. hour that mm -hmm. was going to prevent him from, you know, having this match. Um, and then, you know, he just runs away and he gets counted out. And, uh, uh, you know, but again, it didn't take away from the moment at the end where Bobby Lashley ultimately did win because a lot of people were happy about it. And so was I. And it's funny because they've created a weird scenario here because Bobby Lashley Basically, it was booked as the babyface in this yep. little yep. feud, right? And now you're going to have, which I assume you're going to have, Drew McIntyre come into the mix, right? And have him be the babyface. You're going to have Bobby Lashley be the heel. And you're going to have him drop the championship to Drew in front of fans at WrestleMania to give Drew a great moment. But I'm not so sure people are going to be so happy. No. no. I think people want to see Bobby Lashley have a run now. And you yeah. know what? I'm one of those people. 
I am one of those people too. As much as I love Drew, and I feel like Drew got, and I've said, I've seen, I say this in almost every episode. Drew got dealt a piece of shit hand in 2020. All right, I still think he did great as a champion, but based on what has transpired in the last couple of weeks, if we do get indeed get Bobby versus Drew, I think Bobby needs to retain. I think you need to give Bobby a title run till like SummerSlam, maybe, yeah. or maybe yeah. even longer than that, depending on how you book him. I don't think it's a right move to just give Drew that moment. Oh, not yet. Maybe we could revisit Drew finally getting a moment at next year's WrestleMania in Dallas. But I don't think it's the right call to do it in Tampa. You know, it's weird how they don't think about these things. You know, it, it seems like they have trouble gauging how us fans are going to feel about certain things. You know, like, you like, like, I, like, yeah, well, yeah, dog. <laughs> but like. I just can't, like, I could see this coming from a mile away. Like, the way they built this up to the fact that we want to see The Miz drop this belt, right, to Bobby Lashley. Why would they think we want to see Lashley drop this belt back to Drew? Like, I, I, I don't get, like, I could see this. So how come they can't see this, you know? And I talked about it, I think I mentioned last week um, when they announced officially the Sasha Banks-Bianca Belair match. I gave a little hot take, and maybe it's not such a hot take as I thought it was. I said, Roman? And Sasha should not drop the championships at WrestleMania. And I'm going to put Bobby Lashley in this category right now, too. None of the champions in these rumored WrestleMania matches and these top matches should be dropping the championships at WrestleMania. And I think, obviously, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. I think at least one of these champions will drop the belts because, you know, we normally kind of see a title change at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, but do you but need man, to, do you need have, to have it, though? What was that, Leo? Like, do you need to have a title change? I mean, I don't think you, so, but they may think differently to give like the the, the fans uh, like a, uh, I don't know, like to pop the fans and give them a you know an unpredictable shock moment or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I just I, like I said, I would have these three retain because I don't want to see any of these three. You know, and again, they're all great challengers: Sasha, Edge, and um, if it's going to be Drew, great you know babyface uh, you know challengers, but. I don't know, man. I'm just the, not. The, the problem with WWE's booking is they legit overthink, overbook, and they never book legit uh, logically or realistically, right? Yeah. So yeah. here you have a scenario. This is the first time you're going to have fans back in a stadium, right? Obviously, it's going to be uh, a not a full capacity. It's going to be, you know, you know, whatever. What did they say predict? What, uh, 45? Uh, I don't even know what it's at right now. I, 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 I don't know. I just feel like the way it's um, – with how long they're taking for WrestleMania information, like mm -hmm. information to come out, I just feel like they're trying to pack as many people as they can. Right. So, okay, no so if the stadium holds, let's say, 80-something uh, thousand fans, right? And I'm just saying uh, this is as an estimate, right? They probably could fill it up to like 40, 50, give or take, right? This is all just speculation. But you still are in a scenario right now where this is the first time you're going to bring fans into a stadium. So they're going to pop over anything. So right, instead right. of overbooking true. and overthinking everything, yeah. hey, let's keep the title on Lashley. Hey, let's keep the title on Sasha. Hey, let's keep the title on Roman. And then let's revisit these, um, not maybe these stories, but maybe either do title switches or having dropped the titles in like another event, like at least a SummerSlam. Or like with Roman, hey, put keep the title on him to like, WrestleMania Dallas, if you can. Oh, hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I, I, it's We're going to get to this in a little bit, but, uh, you know, I, I hate to skip too far ahead, but I guess since we're talking about it, why not? I'll throw it in there. You know, with this Daniel Bryan, um, you know, involvement now with this yes. 
Edge and Roman story, I'm not uh, just going to, you know, I'm not going to doubt that they won't put Brian in that match and make it a triple threat. And then maybe Edge pins Daniel Bryan to win the championship. And then so Roman never gets pinned. And then just say, you know, because I don't expect Edge to, to be like a full timer. Maybe at right. the next pay-per-view, you have Roman and Edge again, and then you have Roman just dominate him and become champion. I'd be okay with that if they want to give the fans like a good moment because Edge winning the championship would be an awesome moment. I mean, of like course, after everything course. he went through and stuff like that, it just kind of sucks how he – I mean, he really didn't run into a wall with Roman. They could have easily done Edge and Drew and had yeah. Edge beat Drew, and th- there you go. There's your moment, and just have Roman and Daniel Bryan. Obviously, they're not going that route. They want this mega match between Edge – and and Roman, but I think it's not a bad idea to put Brian in there for him to take the pin, have Edge win, have a great moment. Doesn't hurt Roman's momentum because he never got pinned. And then the next pay per view, or even you know, you could even do it the night after Raw. You know, Raw after Mania, just have oh, no, you can't because he's there on SmackDown. The SmackDown after after <laughs> Mania, you just have Roman dominate the shit out of Edge and like put him on the shelf again. We don't see him until just say like SummerSlam or or something like that. After this, after uh, Friday Night SmackDown, and just based the, based on the promo that Brian cut, he made a lot of strong points. And I'm like, you know what? Even though Roman and Edge it has my interest, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but yeah. You can make the argument, Brian getting involved in this match, becoming a triple threat match, is a bigger match. You can make that oh, argument. Yeah, yeah. It's a way bigger match. And you, you like you, the scenario you just put out there, if... Vice versa, whether Brian was to pin Edge or Edge was to pin Brian, and then mm-hmm. they capture the title, either one is a huge moment, and you keep the steam on on Roman. Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. And at this point, I mean, I love Daniel Bryan. I think a lot of people obviously do, but at this point, how do you keep him out of this? Right? He's so yes. into this feud right now that it's like if he loses that fast lane. Where does he fit into WrestleMania? You know, like where does he fit into the plans? And I just don't think you could throw him into something after this because there's there's no build to it. And right. obviously you can't keep him off. Of, I mean, a two-night mania and you're not going to have Daniel Bryan on the card after he's so involved in this feud in the first place. I don't know. Something's a little fishy on this. And I just, I feel like they want to have Edge and Roman. But man, something tells me that Bryan is getting involved, getting involved in this one way or another. Well, guess what? If that does happen, you know where you heard it first. Lucha Outsider Show. Yeah, that's right. why you need to it. tune in, man, every single <laughs> weekend because you get the inside scoops here. I don't know if anybody from WWE is listening right now, but fuck that shit. Um, so, we, we're, so we already got a match for Fastlane, and that's uh, the main event, Daniel Bryan versus Roman for the Universal title. But you know what? What's a marquee match? You know what we can't get enough of? And that's Sasha Bianca versus Shayna Baszler, Nia Jack. Dude, <laughs> hell yeah, man. Sign me uh, up for what, a for a best of five series. What the fuck is going on with the women's tag division in WWE? They had the opportunity this past week on NXT to finally give Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, those tag straps, actually do something with those tag titles in NXT, and then you could sprinkle them in so, so they could get more shine on Raw and SmackDown. But no, we didn't get that. We didn't get no, that. We got no. some shenanigans on NXT, right? And now we're hearing a rumor that we're going to get more titles in WWE, and that's the NXT Women's Tag Titles, which is rumored right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, goody. We, we can't get enough titles, right? And the more titles, the merrier. You get a title. Oh. Leo gets a title. Oh. Yes. I get a title. Yes. Oh, hell yeah, man. There's going to be titles for everybody. You know, They're not even going to be, uh, be a special moment anymore. It's just like, oh, here's, here's another title, you know? 
Uh, it's dude. I don't man. I I don't know what they're doing. It, it, this is exactly what I feared with when they brought women's tag team titles into the company in the first place. I viewed it as such a big joke that like it's just going to be another more championships and nobody's going to care about. And here we are. Like ever since uh, Sasha and uh, Bailey held those last summer, they've just been irrelevant. Like I and I don't hate like the the team of Nia and Shayna. They're okay. They're fine. Whatever you know. They're holding these belts, but they definitely should have dropped them to Dakota and Raquel here because they could really benefit from going down to NXT because they have an insane women's division that's you could argue is beyond stacked. That some of these women can't even get TV time. Uh, they would suit better down there, and I really thought that after this, you know, Dusty Cup win, they they do the, this first ever women's Dusty Cup for a opportunity at these belts. I thought it was a given that these championships were coming to NXT. I thought for sure. These so, two were going to drop these belts. It should have um, been. Well, not, that's not what we got. We got a screw job finish. And uh, now it looks like they're just ignoring that part of the story, thinking we forgot about it. We don't care to see the story continue. And now randomly, Sasha and Bianca are getting another opportunity because, again, that match was so great at the Elimination Chamber. Let's see it an another time. After Nia Jax basically pinned Sasha, I'm going to say clean because I know Reginald got involved, but it was basically a clean, you know, a pin on Sasha. And here we go. We get a, an impromptu rematch for no reason, thrown out of, you know, announced on social media. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and here we go. And it just, it just, yeah, it makes no sense. I don't even know what else to say about it. <sighs> I don't, I don't know what they're doing, bro. I, I think, like you said, these NXT, NXT, these women's tag titles, I just, NXT doesn't need their own version of women's tag titles. Have those tag not. titles defended in all three brands, and it would benefit those tag titles to be on NXT because yeah. they actually have women's tag teams in there. Right, right. I know. they. It, I can think of, like, three teams off the top of my head, probably more, but right off the top of my head, that could easily win those championships. Like, you could literally have stories for, you know, like that. No, those titles could be defended regularly on TakeOvers, um, on NXT, you know, like, they would be must-see. It would be a hell of a lot better than what they're doing on the main roster. And, you know, again, they're, they're not doing it. And, I, I, like I said, I it's kind of – it gets to that point where it's like you don't even want to try and figure out what they're thinking because it just – it doesn't make sense logically. Uh -huh. so, well, you well, you mentioned TakeOver. So there's some rumors that came out this week, a couple NXT stuff and a big WWE rumor. We'll, we'll touch on that in a bit. But um, on the NXT front, it came out this week that it's rumored that we're going to get some type of a takeover WrestleMania week. Now I'm hearing that it could be a two-night event. I'm not really sure about that. Um, it might take place. One takeover might actually take place like on the slot of NXT, WWE NXT on Wednesday. And then night two will be on a Thursday. Then I mean, then there's rumors that it was just going to be on a Thursday. It's, it's kind of convoluted rumors. It's all rumors. We don't know. But what's your thoughts on the potential idea of takeover being on a Wednesday or Thursday? And, you know, why wouldn't they do this? Especially knowing that you're going to have all these other independent companies, maybe not as much as past years, but you are having other independent companies running piggy banking off of WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I just don't know how they're going to do a two-night takeover, man. I, I, Like I said, I don't – I mean, not that I don't think they could pull it off, but um, I'm just trying to think of, like, how many stories and, and, and matches they could possibly put on there. I mean, I think the five-match takeover card – that's like the best formula, you know, like you have five must see really good matches. 
Uh, it's literally no filler. It's just, you know, great action all the way through. So, like, how many matches could they possibly put on a two-hour NXT and then follow it up another night, the very next night, for that matter, and have more musty matches? Like, I just don't know how they're going to pull it off. I'm not opposed to it by any means. Uh, curious to see how they do it. Like, obviously, the one on um, the NXT on the USA Network, that first night would probably be at the uh, Performance Center, right, with, like, the limited fans that they've been having. Right. And then maybe, like, the the next day they have, the, they have one in, like, the sold-out... Um, Amelie Arena, which is, you know, the big arena there in Tampa, and, and have fans there, because I looked it up, the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey team, they don't play in that arena that whole weekend, starting on that Thursday, so I don't know why you wouldn't want to try and get fans in there, I'm talking selfishly, because I want to go, because <laughs> I plan on going to take over, so I hope, uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm curious to see how they do this, because um, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm, I'm just, I'm curious. So, so I will say this, hypothetically here, hypothetically, let's say we do get like a two-night takeover, right? Right. When it comes to like the main event match, I kind of hope they take the New Japan formula. So hear me out. And what I mean by that is this. Obviously, we, we're seeing this feud with uh, Undisputed Era exploding, right? And yep. Adam Cole, you know, just kicking everyone in the face, right? And yep. now we're getting this Finn Balor-Adam Cole match next week, right? If this match ends with a shenanigan or of some sort, I hope, what I hope is we get either some sort of a rematch on night one, and then the winner of that match has to defend it, which I'm hoping it would be Adam Cole defend that NXT the Championship the following night against Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to do something about that too because they're, they're kind of like hot-shotting this um, Adam Cole-Finn Balor championship match for next week right right and, uh you know same with the women's match They're kind of just hot shotting these and it kind of seems like well why wouldn't they just wait for takeover like it's not that far away but mm -hmm. it, it's probably too set up uh what's going to happen there and i fully expect kyle o'reilly to make his comeback um you know next week and um what was it? it's this week right that the, the, those championship matches yeah yeah, 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 yeah this, this week, week. so this one's so out. um yeah i fully expect kyle o'reilly to come back and get involved and yeah i i expect yeah, I, I think I think what you said is is spot on because I just don't see you know I, I know a lot of people are talking about oh you know Karrion Cross is gonna you know face Finn Balor I'm not so sure Karrion Cross is getting back to the NXT title mix anytime soon I mean I just feel like we would have seen teases of that um, I think it's solely based around Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole and Finn Balor at this point so I think you're spot on whether we see like a number one contenders match in night one between just say Kyle and Adam Cole for the winner to face Finn the next night or we see just say Adam Cole and Finn, right, on night one, and then the winner challenges Kyle O'Reilly the next night. Either or, I think that's that's the best plan if you're going to do a two-night uh, thing. Or if not, the next thing I would do was have would be to have the North American Championship main event one of the nights, and then you have the NXT Championship main event the second night. I just don't see an intriguing main event yeah. for the North American Championship <laughs> that you could put it in there. So I think it's going to be, you know, vice versa, what, what we were talking about with the uh, – I really, they, I really hope they use the New Japan form formula. And if you're going to end, like, the, I guess, the takeover weekend, I think you have to end it with Kyle and Adam Cole because I've seen them wrestle mm -hmm. so many fucking times. You have yeah. to end with those two because like, they're yeah. going to destroy each other. Yeah, I was, um, I'm sure you were at this show, too. I was at the Ring of Honor Final Battle 20, I want to say it was 2016, Kyle yeah. O'Reilly, Adam Cole main event. That was the Ring of Honor World Championship. Yeah, uh, O'Reilly won the, won the title. Um you got to be a damn fool if you didn't think Triple H was going to try and run back 
Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly feud at some point. I mean, that's, that's just, that's a money right there. Like he was obviously going to take advantage of this, uh, to get these two feuding in NXT. So I'm not shocked that we're getting it. And, um, I think it's gotta be for the title. I I really do. I I agree with you. I think in the second night or, you know, whatever they, they choose to do, the NXT title has to be on the line between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly because that just ups the stakes too so much. So I, I got a funny story about Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. So that year, you said that was the main event for Final Battle. But earlier that year, Mania Weekend, I went to Dallas. And yeah. at Super Card of Honor, night they had night one and night two, and I went to both of them. And one of the nights, one of the main events was Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, like in a street fight. There was no rules, no nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Me and my buddy Yuri, we were in the front row. So... um during one one part of the match, Adam Cole was like right in front of us, like by the railing or whatever, right? And you know Kyle Riley when he does like that running kick, like just in full speed. And so Adam Cole missed, and Kyle hit my buddy, kicked my buddy Yuri. No. So my buddy Yuri's like, "Yeah, I just got kicked." Like, <laughs> it was it was so funny, but like I've seen these two like beat the shit out of each other like so many times. It's like. You it, like I said, if you do a, like a two night takeover, right? Mm-hmm. You have to end it. You have to end the weekend with that match. Like, there's no other match. You have to end it. Or, you know what? You you mentioned like, hey, maybe they do the North American champion. You could also have the women's main event night one. Yeah, true. I don't, honestly, I don't even know why we didn't even uh, think of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's another that's another scenario. You could even do like, uh, you know, just say. I mean, like I said, whatever scenario, whatever they do, if they do like Adam versus Finn. And then it ends up being Adam and um, and O'Reilly, or they do Adam and, and Kyle, and the winner gets Finn. You could do that in the same night, kind of like what they did with Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30, right? In the yep. opening match, he faces Triple H, he wins, he gets put into the main event later that night. You can do the same exact thing on night two of, of TakeOver. You can do, you know, the opener could be Adam and Kyle, and the winner gets Finn for the main event. You could do that. Um, because, yeah, I, I forgot about the women's match. And if yep. it is, you know, a, still a storyline program with EO and Tony, which I'm sure it will be because I don't see anybody else getting in the mix, that easily, easily can main event one of the nights. And, again, selfishly, I would love it to be one of the nights that, you know, would be in front of a live sold-out hot crowd right. in Tampa, not at the performance center with, you know, uh, Izzy Mania and her family oh. in the crowd. You know, like, it's just we don't need to – they, they don't deserve that shit. They, they get this every single week. So how about uh, just give it to us fans who have been hungry for events for over a year? All right. Lastly on WWE, I want to get your thoughts on this, Ryan, because the last time we spoke about the Thunderdome and them changing locations, you went on a full rant. So I'm curious oh. to get your thoughts on this one. Oh, so yeah. WWE, it's, it's rumored that they're going to be moving all their Thunderdome stuff to the Yingling, which I didn't even know that's what the center of the, their, their stadium was called, was Yingling. Yeah. Which yeah, this dude. shows different levels of like how Florida has no standards, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> so, so the so it's the Yingling Center in South Florida Tampa uh, campus, um, the University of South Florida. By the yeah, way, it's rumored pe- they're going to move all their Thunderdome stuff to this uh, uh, arena now. Last time, which was before you was officially on the show, when you were just a rotating third, you went on a full rant about the Tropicana Field. and But we, you were still kind of also hopeful, saying like, hey, maybe it being at the Tropicana, Tropicana Field, we might get like a different field of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, to be honest with you, if they would have never made like a, a like a formal like press, press release or an announcement saying like they, they were switching venues, mm-hmm. if you look at Tropicana's Field Thunderdome, and when they were at the Amway Center, it looks exactly the same. There's no, no yeah. fucking changes. Obviously, there's more room 
at Tropicana mm-hmm. Field where they have like you know backstage like rings and stuff like that, which yeah, I think yeah. that helps and benefits out benefits the talent. But right. besides that, visually, it still looks the fucking same. Yeah, yeah, and and it's gonna look the same here too. I, I don't see them changing it up in any way. Like you're not even gonna know they switch venues. Like it's it's gonna look the same. I, I have a feeling. They but let me tell you, they should have just kept their mouth place, shut. This place <laughs> looks a hell of a lot nicer than Tropicana Field. Okay, <laughs> have you seen this place just from the outside? Okay, <laughs> this is. I mean, this is what a, a uni. A, this is like a, a a small like university, uh, yeah, um, South Florida the arena. Campus, uh, university campus, a uh, campus of South Florida. Yep, never heard of it in my life, but I looked it up. The outside looks gorgeous. Yep. The inside looks great. Like I said, looks a hell of a lot better than than Tropicana Field. So I'll take it. But yeah, like you said, it's not going to look any different. So I mean, no. I, to me, I don't really have like like I said. Besides the fact that it looks nicer, I mean, I don't care. I'm not going there. You know, it's it's just it's the talent that's going there. It looks like it's going to have the same amount of room, right? I mean, I don't really know. I, I think it's actually um, a basketball arena, though, right? It's, it's uh, yeah, not, I would, yeah, it's a basketball arena. So it might be a little bit smaller, but um, it, it might end up being the same exact amount of room that they had at the Amway Center. But um, either way, it's good that they found another venue. I guess they don't plan on traveling or having fans. I guess WrestleMania is going to be it for, you know, I guess – for now, you know, until, you know, yep. who knows, maybe SummerSlam, though, they'll cook something up, depending on where we're at at that point. You know, I know a lot of the vaccines are, are go, getting out to people. So there's no way of telling what's going to happen uh, as far as all this, you know, um, COVID stuff and, and not having fans and all that. But, um, yeah, it seems like we're going to get more of the Thunderdome and, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, I I also expect that the Thunder Dome is not going to look differently, which it, it mind boggles me, especially them being on Tropicana Field. And I know you crap on Tropicana Field so much, but like, you know, it, it's a, it's a huge dome, right? So you think they they would have kind of like maybe adjusted like how they would put like these uh you know Thunderdome screen type yeah. gimmicks or, or make it a little bit different, but it looks fucking exactly the same as it did at the Amway Center. You know, like when when they do the Royal Rumble at these baseball stadiums, right? And they do like the entrance and uh, these guys come out of like the, the baseball dugout, you know, right. like, like, why wouldn't they try and just do something like even just yeah. for like, I, I know they don't want to like be doing the reason they set up shops so they don't have to keep, you know, rearranging things for the shows and the pay-per-views. Uh, but, you know, why not for like the pay-per-views, right? Like to say the Royal Rumble, like why couldn't they make it look like how they did in past years at the baseball stadiums, right? Like have. And the guys come out of the dugout and stuff like that. Like just change up the look a little bit and the feel of the show um, instead of seeing the same exact thing. But I, I don't know. I guess they just don't want to do that extra work. And, uh, and I, I, like I said, I can't really blame them. That that crew, that crew. I mean, God, that's that's one of the most underrated um, parts of the show, really. I mean, yeah. the, the amount of work they do, and it's you know, Kevin Owens, my man, Kevin Owens, man, he's just one of the most genuine, one of the most fantastic human beings, beings in the freaking world. I uh, posted a video on Twitter not too long ago, just like thanking all the yep. production and backstage behind the scenes workers, because without them, none of this would be possible. And they must work tirelessly every single week. And they don't get like what Leo was just saying before. There's no off season mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, every single week. They're doing this. And, you know, of right. course, they're used to this by now. But, man, like, I don't blame them if they don't want to do the extra work that they don't need to. So, um, you know, it just kind of sucks for us fans to see the show at the same exact, you know, uh, setting every single week. Yeah. 
All right, one more thing, and then we'll get into AEW, which is pretty much like the a the main event, especially because we have a big pay-per-view tonight. But, you know, we, we kind of laughed last week a little bit when we were talking about the NWA. We were like, who's in the <laughs> roster or whatever? But um, they made some announcements this week, and it looks promising. Like, I'm intrigued by it. So March 21st, they announced that they will be back on pay-per-view live on Fight TV. Back for the Attack is the pay-per-view's name. Uh, NWA World Champion Nick Aldis will be defending the world title. Um his opponent is yet to be determined. Thunder Rose is going to be there. I'm assuming Serena Deeb will be there, which she's the NWA Women's Champion, even though she's a contracted AEW talent. Um, Aaron Stevens, uh, the Pope, D'Angelo Dinero, or, or, Eli, um, or Elijah Burke, whatever name you want to call him. Um, and there will be new talent. Now, whether these new talent will be under contract or on a per appearance, we don't know. And then after the pay-per-view, um, that week they will be resuming uh tapings of nwa power at the gbs studios in atlanta so nwa nwa back um it sounds intrigued uh, you know interesting i'm intrigued i used to watch nwa power on the right on a regular basis it was one of my favorite shows when they were when they were building up momentum so I'm, I'm i'm excited to see what they do yeah i mean you know uh like i said the more wrestling the better the more opportunities for um talent to go places to work the better uh, you know, again, there's just so much wrestling to consume right. on a weekly basis. I don't, you know, I, I didn't really um, watch the NWA power, but I heard great things. Um, it's just, you know, like I said, it's just too much to consume. And I don't really have like all that much time. I try and dive into as much as I can, you know, and I, I stay, I try and stay on top of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I hope the best for them. And, you know, I'm shocked they're coming back to pay-per-view. Um, pay-per-view must be like $10 because I don't know who the hell's paying any more for the NWA with uh, Aaron Stevens and, uh, you know, uh, whoever else is the Pope on the card. But, um, you know, may, again, maybe they could get some Ring of Honor talent on there. I mean, those two companies are perfect to work with each other. They really right. are. Right. So, um, you know, hey, I, I hope the best for them. I really do. And, uh, you know, let's just hope Thunder Rosa's contract runs out soon enough so she yes. can head over to AEW. <laughs> that's, that's all, I, that's that's all I care about. That's all we're hoping for. All right, let's talk about AEW. Before we talk, uh, give our revol revolution predictions. Let's talk about a couple things that happened at AEW this week. Now, first of all, I agree with everything you said last week. That last week's episode of Dynamite should have been the go-home show for Revolution this week. Don't get me yeah. wrong. This week's Dynamite was good, but to me, it was not a great show. It was a good show. It was an enjoyable show. But last week's show was the perfect go-home show for Revolution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I we we talked about it last week how they built up those stories, and, and they did it. They did a good job uh, this past week of, of you know building up uh, the pay per view, but not as good as they did in the previous week. Yeah. So let's talk about Shaq and Jade versus Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. I think this match overexceeded anyone's expectations. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, not that I was like shitting on it, but let's be honest here, we we really had no interest in it. But you know what? While Shaq did look like he was having fun in the ring, he was taking everything seriously. Yeah. And he even did a tribute to fucking Brody Lee during the match. Right. So yeah. I I enjoy I enjoyed this match. This match was really fun. And from a wrestling technical standpoint, maybe it wasn't all that great, but from an entertainment standpoint, I thought this match was great. Uh, I put up a poll on the Twitter account at Lucha Outsiders, uh like at 7 30 on Wednesday night, and I said, uh, you know. At the top of the hour, AEW Dynamite starts, and we're getting the uh, the Cody Red Velvet uh, Jade and Shaq match. And I said this match is either going to be great 
or a complete shit show. I want to know your thoughts because I was curious to see how many people were going into this with an open mind or just right. going into this being like, wow, this is going to just be a complete mess. And a lot of people said it was going to be great. And a lot of people ended up being right. Um, you know, I had no expectations. And, you know, why should I? You know, why should anybody have any high expectations for this? Okay. You have a guy like Shaq coming in who has no wrestling experience. And how much could he realistically do? Right. I mean, he's a big guy. He's almost, he's like equivalent to the big show. How much can he actually move in the ring? What can he do? But it really did its job, man. Like everybody in that match showed up and showed out, including Shaq. He did what he was there to do. It worked. Uh, it was fun. It was entertaining. Was it the best technical wrestling match? No, but obviously nobody expected it to be. Right. I thought Red Velvet was outstanding. I thought Jade Cargill was freaking outstanding. Okay. The, you look at Jade. She looks like an incredibly gifted athlete, right? I mean, her body, she just looks incredibly athletic. But I've never seen her in the ring before. Uh, we never even saw, like, you know, uh, in the videos leading up to this match, we saw her shooting hoops with Shaq, right? To, right. to train, right? We didn't even see her in the ring. So I'm like, okay, like, is this, is she actually going to be as good as she looks like she could be? And she was. She definitely live up, lived up to the hype, and I want to yep. see more of her immediately. Now, she should literally be a focal point in that women's division. I mean, she is just, she was a star. She really stood out to me the most. And like I said, Cody and Shaq did what they were there to do. And, and credit to Shaq for, like you said, taking it serious, taking that insane table bump. I mean, he didn't have to do that. He I thought Cody was going through those tables to get Shaq on like ESPN highlights to show that he was, you know, uh, he power bombed somebody through the tables, but instead he took the brunt of it. And like I said, he took it like a champ. He didn't have to. And uh, the Brody Lee tribute with the power bomb, I thought was outstanding. You know, the fact that he knew of that was, was awesome, man, dude, I, I, I was entertained. You know, this is, we're talking about sports entertainment being like a thing of, you know, a main part of WWE. But it worked in this case. I was very sports entertained. Well, Shaq's a big wrestling fan, so why wouldn't he take it seriously, right? You know, and sometimes us wrestling fans, sometimes we're like, oh, we wanted to see this celebrity or see this, like, you know, athlete be involved in the wrestling world. But we also got to think, like, a lot of these people are wrestling fans. You know, they, they you know, we, we've seen it with Stephen Amell and we've seen it with, with a couple other people that have taken the wrestling part of this seriously. So... Mm -hmm. You know, not shame on us, but maybe we shouldn't have had doubted Shaq. But he did take this yeah. seriously. And I also like how it, it, it kind of left everything open-ended where he got put in the ambulance and then he just vanished. I, oh, I, you know, some, pe <laughs> some people made fun of it. I actually did enjoy it. I enjoyed it in a sense like when you look at Shaq, he's kind of bigger than life, right? So I love the fact that he kind of just disappeared and we don't know when he's ever, when he's going to come back or he ever does come back. But I just love the open ending of it, you know? I thought that was so extremely weird, like, when all of a sudden, like, they go back. Uh, first of all, like, uh, you know, again, I know they do it in wrestling a lot, but it's so right. done. I mean, really, a guy like Shaq after taking that bump, first of all, he probably didn't even feel a goddamn thing, okay? <laughs> the, the, the fact that they're loading him on a stretcher and putting him into an ambulance, I thought was beyond ridiculous. Um, and then when they go in there and he's gone, I'm like, what is this guy, The Undertaker or The Fiend? Like, like what is this? And then, you know, my... My mind, I'm thinking, okay, like, there's more to this. He's going to confront the big show later right. on. I think there's just, like, no mention of this for the remainder of the show. Right. So it's like, it's like, what? Like, where did he go? And then all of a sudden, they're posting, um, AEW yesterday's posting, like, happy birthday to, to Shaq. And everybody's commenting, like, did we ever find him? Like, where is he? Like, do you know where he is? Like, and then I think Brian Alvarez on the Wrestling Observer, he's like, how do you lose a guy like Shaq? Like, how do you not know where he went? 
I will say I will say this about Shaq too about him taking that table bump. Now that I think about it because he laid there for like a quite a while, right? <laughs> I love that he's still continuing the gimmick because when he used to play basketball and he used to fall, he would lay on the floor for a long time <laughs> yeah. too. So at least they're they're, they're keep, keeping that alive. <laughs> Yeah, he would, yeah. He would wait for right. he would wait for somebody to pick him up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you, you guys were talking about him being a wrestling fan. A lot of these guys that are over the top in any sport, a lot of them are wrestling fans. A lot of them, you know, they they say you know they they're able to get these things from like Ric Flair's and from you know these guys that are over the top. But you have to give it to Shaq because he didn't phone it in. You know, no, his no, wrestling no. skills. From I don't know who should we go like uh, Snoop Dogg to Amel somewhere in the middle he's pretty good you gotta leave him in I, I will put him I will put him not Stephen Amel level but uh-huh. like because to me Pat McAfee's the best one out of all, all okay these so, yeah. so our yeah. top is, is Pat McAfee okay so we got top so the Pat- highest is Pat McAfee uh-huh. right so I would put Shaq a little bit underneath Stephen Amel okay okay I like that. And you know, again, all this, um, you know, all these entertainment, like, um, like E News, and all, all these top like uh, entertainment companies are like, we're like tweeting the clip of like Shaq going through the table and stuff. So again, that's exactly the reason why they brought in a guy like Shaq to get like this notoriety and stuff like that. So it definitely served its purpose. It was, you know, like I said, the next time Shaq comes in, I think a lot of people are going to be a lot more excited for it the next time around because we already know what he can do in there and how entertaining this was. So like I said, it served its purpose and uh, a lot more enjoyable. And I think a lot of people said the same thing. Like, I don't think anybody had a bad thing to say about this because nobody really expected it to be as good as it was. It it shouldn't have been as good as it was. I mean, you do have people out there that have nothing better to do, but we don't listen to them. Yeah. 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 Of course you're going to have those trolls, but from what I've seen, it's, it's, it's genuinely the reaction was pretty positive. Yeah. Uh, One more thing on dynamite and then we'll go on our predictions. So, there was a very interesting, I guess you could call it a semi-tease during the, after the FTR Tully versus Jurassic Express match. So obviously, first of all, Tully Blanchard, while he did look like Evil Knievel <laughs> with the gimmick he had on, right? Yeah. I mean, for a guy his age, man, you know, you got to give the man his respect. He really didn't look bad, bro. Um, um, you know, obviously the talent that he was working with sold for him. Yeah. But he did not look bad. I can't, you know, he he looked pretty good. So uh, FTR went over. There were some shenanigans. There was a mysterious figure. Uh, it was revealed post-match when uh, when FTR was celebrating with Tully. It was revealed that um, Sean Spears is back. Now he has blonde hair, uh, a weird-looking mohawk. Uh, he was revealed. He, he rejoined Tully Blanchard. And then Arn Anderson did come out. Also, J.J. Dillon did come out with uh Yeah, how about J.J. Dillon? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, you got this Horseman-esque type of um, feel to it. And then after the match, Arn Anderson did come out. He just kind of pointed at everyone in the ring and then raised up the floor. And then he went back. So, what is this? What are we getting here? Is this a potential four horsemen tease? And if we get, you know... FTR, Sean Spears, who's the, I guess, the Ric Flair? Who who, who are we getting to play that role? Is it going to be Cody? It's kind of weird that if mm-hmm. it is Cody, because Cody has, like, this whole nightmare family type gimmick going. Yeah. So who is this fourth guy? Like, where are they going from here? Is it a guy that we're not even thinking of? Is it a guy they're going to sign? Um, I just, I, I, it's very interesting what they're, what these teases that we're getting. But, Ryan, let me get your thoughts. I love it. I, I really do. I think, you know, this four horsemen group or this new stable that, you know, was going to be put together with FTR and Tully, um, you know, 
it was been it's been rumored for a while now, and uh, we we see little teases of it, you know, over the past year. But it's kind of been, you know, we haven't seen anything recently about it, so we kind of maybe thought they scrapped it or something like that. Um, I'd love Sean Spears getting back into the mix here. I know he's probably not the most popular uh, choice, or he's not the most popular uh, wrestler around. You know, a lot of people aren't too high on him. Um, I personally love the guy, just not even just because of like you know, not not because of him in the ring necessarily. Uh, even though I don't think he's bad at all, but I just love no, the attitude. The attitude the guy has, man. Like I, I listen to interviews um, with him. You know, um, one of my favorite ones was his interview with Chris Van Vliet. Uh, both of his interviews, and the guy is just—he has the right attitude on life, on uh, just you know everything. And that, that I don't know. That kind of like, like I said, I kind of look at some of these guys and the way they are outside the ring and the attitude and the way they look at life and the business and stuff like that makes me respect them a lot more than you know just looking at watching them on TV. So like I always love Sean Spears for that reason. Um, and like I said, I think he's he's extremely talented, and he never got a fair chance in the WWE, which is why I was happy that he signed with AEW. And hopefully now this is his like big break in the company because you know he had that match with Cody a couple months into AEW when uh, you know they they weren't on TV yet, and they had that match it all out, and then you know, he got beat by Cody, and that was like a started a downward spiral for him, and he never really recovered from that. So maybe this is the new thing to get him back, you know, to to being maybe a you know a big name. And um, like I said, I think it works. And as far as who like the fourth guy could be, I don't know. And that's like the most intriguing part about this. We're going to see a slow burn on this. Um, I think the perfect guy would be Cody. But like you said, he's got the nightmare family behind him. And, you know, I love Cody. Don't get me wrong. I mean, God, how can you not love Cody, right? He's, he's one of the main reasons AEW is a thing right now. And um, he's just awesome. But I'm not dig in the role he's in right now you know like every single time he comes on tv i'm kind of just like it's like ugh. it's, it's kind of like i'm getting like the, the roman reigns john cena type of feel right when he's on tv i'm just kind of like god i'm over this guy man like he's just not doing anything that's that's intriguing to me right like he's just oh he's in the ladder match tonight ugh, i don't want to see him go for the tnt championship again i would love to see him turn heel i really would i just feel like it's that's something that would intrigue me like i just don't like there's nothing must see about Cody Rhodes for me necessarily on on TV right now unless he does something like turns heel and joins this group. But um, nonetheless, I love it. I love the involvement of Sean Spears, and um, really, really curious to see how far it goes. And and how about FTR, man? They oh, look so. like they are having an absolute blast, and they are in their glory when they're around Tully and especially JJ Dillon and just you know their promos. You can just tell like they are just loving where they're at right now, and it's awesome to see. I do agree with you with the whole Sean Spears thing. I think he's such a good dude, too. Um, especially a lot of the stuff that came out after Brody Lee's passing, how he was there for his for Brody Lee's wife and family. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Sean Spears is just a good dude. And I think he's a great talent. The problem is he's just been misbooked. And it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, he has a great look to him. And, you know, not only... To crap on WWE here. I feel like AEW hasn't really done a good yeah. job with Sean Spears yeah. either. You know, no, it's totally. not a WWE thing. You know, they they give him that incredible moment. I believe what was that? Um, uh, Fighter Fest when yeah, he hit with Cody chair, with Sean. the chair. You know, at all out, Sean should have went over, not Cody. Absolutely, absolutely. That wouldn't have affected Cody going into full gear or whatever it is, whatever it was that Cody was going to do next. The Sean Spears that would have ele elevated Sean Spears to do whatever Sean Spears was going to do, um, and then Cody could have done whatever he wanted to do later on. You know, Sean should have went over in that match. AEW hasn't done. 
adjusted with the stop and go, then give him like the loaded glove gimmick. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah. always been like stop and go with Sean Spears. I don't know what it is. I don't know what they don't see with him, but um, it is nice seeing him back in the involved with Tully and FTR. I hope it continues being that way because when Tully was managing both Sean and FTR, we never really saw him as a unit. Tully would yeah. just come out singly separately with them i do want to see a stable and hopefully the stable does get a name and you know what i agree with you on the cody uh situation too i haven't really been enjoying cody um since he kind of came back you know when he came back with that tease with the dark hair when he was mm -hmm. feeding with brody then he won the tnt championship back obviously we saw what ended up being you know with the brody, the brody yeah, pass right, we didn't right. really get to revisit that or whatever but um, kind of ever since he he dropped the title to Darby, it's just like what 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 are you doing, Cody? Here, what like what is it that we're doing with Cody? So, you know, Cody's kind of been in a, I won't say in a funk, but he's just hasn't he hasn't really mattered. And with a figure like Cody Rhodes and with a voice that he has, he should matter on AW Dynamite. Yeah. So. I think a heel turn would work. We've seen Cody. We've seen the heel work that Cody has done. On WWE and in Ring of Honor. So Excellent, I would yeah. love to see, especially the heel that he was in Ring of Honor, I would love to see that version of Cody Rhodes in AEW. And if he plays that flair role in this horseman gimmick, why not? You know, I, why not? Why not, you know, Cody say something like, I'm going to kill what I created, the Nightmare Family. Fuck the Nightmare yeah. Family. Like, Listen. I'm going to kill what I created. Listen, no offense to any of those those guys because I think they're all extremely talented, like Lee Johnson um, and, and guys like that. But, man, what a bunch of geeks the Nightmare <laughs> Family are, man. Oh, my God. Bunch of losers, bro. We can talk about jobbers. Holy shit. Like, they just keep adding more people in there. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. You know, Nick yeah. Camarado. Okay. I, I was impressed with his match with John Moxley. I'm glad he got signed. But Nick he doesn't Camarado, need to say Nightmare Family. Who gives a shit? Why, why would I care about that? You know? And um, like you like you said... That was the moment that I started souring on Cody is when he dropped the TNT. Uh, no, when he when he regained the TNT championship um, in that dog collar match against Brody Lee. Obviously, it worked out for the better, knowing what right. happened ended up happening to Brody. But that's where I start. Uh, I started really souring on Cody. I was like, why? I was like, I was enjoying Brody so much as a champion. I don't think Cody should have won it right back. Like they just basically gave it to Brody just to to buy time so Cody could do that the film that show and then come back. And I was just like, oh, this is so like Roman Reigns John Cena esque. I'm like, I hate this. Um, but it worked out for the better, obviously. And then he dropped it yeah. to Darby. But ever since, he just done nothing of relevance. And I would love to see. And don't forget too, um, when Sean Spears got revealed as as this mystery guy, you saw Arn Anderson come out, right, yeah. out, of, out of the entrance, and he was kind of yeah. eyeing it down. So what was that too? Was that a tease that maybe you know he's scouting it, and maybe him and Cody are going to join forces? Like I, I thought that was interesting because like. Why would why would uh you know Arn Anderson be looking right. on like that? So, yeah, I would love to see uh you know Cody just you know maybe Dustin takes over the Nightmare Family or something like that, and uh, we see like maybe maybe Nightmare Family feuds with like uh, Four Horsemen. I mean, I, I mean, don't know. I'm just spitballing that, that, here, but that'd be. I'm telling you, I, I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued. Like Arn and Cody just turn on the Nightmare Family, and then you would have. Obviously, this new horseman, and they're going to be called something else. So, for the people yeah, that are yeah, like, oh, but they're not the horsemen. They'll throw up the four, though, you know. The horsemen, right? Yeah, they're yeah. Make sure the horsemen. They're going to be called something else. But if we see, you know, those four as a unit, and we see like Arn and Tully being like in a JJ Dillon type role, man, that's a hell of a stable. Mm hmm.
Dude, hell yeah, man. It, it instantly gets you excited about all of those guys. You know, like I said, it instantly gives Cody something new and fresh to do and makes him must-see. Again, we're talking about Sean Spears. I mean, it, it would just be so cool, like, the dynamic of Sean Spears and Cody together now after their history and stuff. It's like they, right. they join forces now, and we, we know how close they are, you know, off-screen, right? right? I mean, so it's just like, it just makes too much sense, man. I think that would be awesome. I, I'm, I'm all for it. And then you could even have, I know he would never do this and go back on his word, but I'd love to see him just, like, you know, uh, them do something where, like, he ends, Cody ends up winning the world championship despite where he, you know, Oh, and just have that group just dominate. You can even have again. I'm, I'm. It sounds crazy right now. They would have to build this up a lot. But like Sean Spears be the TNT champion, right? And have FTR be the tag team champions. And just I, run, that's what I want. The I want front that. shot over like yeah. AEW, man. Like I would I love want. that. I think that'd be awesome. Now, that's what I want. I have a name for you guys. Um, that's out of left field. I did see it in another group, so I'm not gonna say oh, I came up with it. No, I didn't. Uh, but it does make sense, right? So if you have Sean Spears and you have FTR. You need a talker, right? Because I don't think Sean Spears could do that Ric Flair role, right? So right now, when you have everything starting up, especially for somebody like NWA, if you have a working relationship with AEW, the thing that you would like to have is your talent be on a national level so it also draws eyes to your NWA. What if it's Nick Aldis? I like it. The 10 pounds of gold... The 10 pounds of gold is synonymous with the four horsemen. Wherever you see this, you see that title. Again, that's why I was being quiet. I was really hoping none of you two would say it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but, but again, you need a talker. And I think right now, especially with everything that's going on with NWA, maybe that's why they took their stuff off of YouTube. Maybe that's why. Working relationship, 10 pounds of gold, four horsemen. I digress. I'm out. And what if and what if the way they do it too, where they make the reveal, all signs point to Cody being that fourth guy, and then they just swerve us and his Nick out yeah. and they yeah. beat the shit out of Cody? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like like Dude. like we brought Cody in, like, yeah, you're gonna be the fourth guy, and no, it's gonna be this oh. guy. Oh, That's right. I would field, love bro. that. I think I'm getting goosebumps right now. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> if all these things happen for you give Leo credit for that. Give me credit for the other thing I said with, with you know, Daniel Bryan getting involved. Listen, where else can you get these inside scoops yeah. these fantasy booking that actually makes sense that could yeah. happen other than Lucha Outside? Yeah, and, and I mean, so, somebody just put it up on a, on a board, you know, those fake uh, uh, collages that they put up, you know, where like Nick Aldis is like halfway out of the picture and saying, I just saw it. But again, going back into it, the NWA would get the most out of this. Yes, yeah. it would. You're on Wednesdays, yeah. TNT. Hello. Hey, remember when we let you use Thorn the Rosa for this whole time? Hey, we're starting <laughs> up again. What's the and best you know way what? for people to look for it? And this potential new, and this is all hypothetical here, but this potential new horseman just showing up at power, you know, for a taping, that, that yeah. makes perfect sense, too. Oh, F and yeah. again, FTR would be in their glory going to the NWA, man. Like, they would they mm -hmm. would love that, too. Like. Exacto. So so now you, now you add that look and you bring it all together. You just and have it to would have give Nick Aldis something huge to finally do. Another level. Because that guy, man, I just feel like he has so much more to offer. Right. To. Like, I mean, he and he's just, he never got on that big stage. I mean, if you want to count Impact, okay. But, like, he never, <laughs> like, ever since Impact, he hasn't done right. anything of relevance. I mean, I can't really say that because this is huge. Being yeah. the NWA, uh, you know, world's champion and, and carrying on with 10 pounds of gold, that, that is huge. And that match at All In was huge. So I can't say that's irrelevant, mm -hmm. but, like, 
you know what I mean, right? Like no WWE, yeah, no AEW. Right. Like get on the big stage to really show people, like, wow, that, like where's this guy been? You know, like he has I, just I, so much more to offer. I will say that Nick, and we'll move on after this. I, I will say what Nick Aldis has done with that title, I feel like trumps everything he did in Impact, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. I mean, that's it's it's way more important than him uh, being Dixie Carter's, you know, lackey holding the the, the championship. Like it's. But that, I mean, that's so forgettable. Just, just looking at the picture that we have on Lucha Outsiders, by the way, you guys can also follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere and taking over uh, Twitter is Ryan. But that picture that we had that you guys have on there, that title fits him, man. Like, yeah, that title fits him. Like right now, I think any wrestling fan outside of the WWE marks, you could show him that picture. And you're like, yeah, this guy's a world champion. You know, like if a him. great representative yeah. of that belt, that the lineage, the the legacy of that belt and the NWA company. I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm sure I could think there's probably other people, but right now, Nick Aldis, I mean, for years, really, has as long as he's been carrying that around, despite, you know, the fact that I know he dropped it to Cody and then won it right back, mm-hmm. he's been that the perfect person to hold that belt. I really yep. can't think of anybody else yep. besides Cody that would represent that company and that championship as well as he has. And Nick Aldis is also a guy that is a champion that we're all proud of. You know, he respects the the history and the legacy of the title, unlike pieces of garbage like Kota Ibushi that doesn't respect anything. All right. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put that out there. All right. This is a man. This is a man. This is the champion we need. We need guys like Nick Aldis in this world, all right? That doesn't try to erase history like that no good piece of garbage Kota Ibushi. Uh, real quick before we get into Revolution, right? So this is a real good take from uh, Steve Jordan. He says, I'm kind of tired of the horseman thing. And they did try that with some of the women when the May Young Classic first came out. This was Charlotte Bailey. We know a few others. Uh, and then did it in MMA. Do you guys think that it, that it's overdone or just it's never been done right? It's never been done right. And yeah. you can't even include the women's horse women in WWE because they never brought that on WWE TV. Right. You We've never saw, seen like, them. You only saw they just called themselves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just call themselves it. You saw it like in backstage, uh, you know, like you know, like those uh, yeah, like the picture, like, like WWE.com videos that we yeah. see where they'll they'll probably like acknowledge it, or we'll see like a quick like you know like Instagram post where you see like the women facing off, but you never really saw it play out on WWE TV. So I wouldn't even include that. Um, I might be in the minority here. I did enjoy Fortune and TNA. I mean, it could have been way better. But I did enjoy Fortune and TNA. And then you have Evolution, which that's probably like the best one that was done post Four Horsemen, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. Evolution. But yeah, besides that, I, I will not say it's overdone. It's just, and, you know. And this is perfect, too, because you have Tully and Arn in the company, too. So, like, it's perfect to, like, bring a new Four Horsemen group when you have those two guys that could possibly, like, you know, run, you know, the, the new stable. I, I think, if anything, AEW would do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and the nuances too. Because again, we we always look at the clips of Ric Flair going crazy in the front, but it was also the way the guys were standing in the bag. It's also the, the little gimmicks that they would do in the bag. It's also the run ins that, you know, unless you live through that era, you don't know what it went through for you to build that heel stable, which is what they were. If you look at the yeah. four horsemen, they were heels. I never yeah. liked them when they try to be faces. I always liked them when they were straight up heels, and that's what sold. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see. And maybe they run it out tonight at Revolution. See what I did there? So now you can talk about Revolution. There you go. There you go. Nice transition. <laughs> I'm here always. That's what we do, man. It's, it's like here. teamwork makes the dream work here. All these tra- beautiful transitions into next topic. Man. Well, this, is what we do. this is what we do. This is what we do, Ryan. We're just talking. This is what we do. Uh, let, yeah. Okay, let's start with the, the pre-show match. Rio Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker and Rebel or Reba. <laughs> 
Listen, this match, I expect it to be good. I think it's a perfect spot to be on the pre-show match, uh, especially, you know, the which I, I hate diminishing this tournament that we got. I don't think it was a bad tournament, but I just don't like how it played out. So I don't want to use the word shenanigans. But uh, you can make an argument for either team to win here. But I just feel like Britt Baker should be in this this women's title match tonight. No one else. It should have been Britt Baker. So I'm going with Britt Baker, Rebel, getting the win against Thunder Rosa and Rio. I think Thunder Rosa and Rio are going to win. I think uh, one of them, probably Thunder Rosa, will pin uh, Rebel, Reba, whatever you want to call her. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. This is a good pre-show match. Uh, I'm glad all four women are – well. All three women. I don't really care for for Rebel too much. I don't think she's that that good, but she fits into the Britt Baker yeah. storyline, so it's cool. Um, but I'm glad we're, we're seeing uh, these women involved, and uh, it's going to be a good showcase for them. But I think Thunder Rosa and Rio get the win by pinning uh, Rebel. All right, the next match: the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale. Um, the 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 rules are, are kind of a little bit Royal Rumble esque, where it's like a card, and then you know it, it'll be like hearts, diamonds, whatever, and then different tag teams will come out. I mean, I, yeah, it's hard to pick. It, it, it's really awesome. hard to pick. Yeah, it's really hard to pick a winner here for, for me. No, if I'm Sorry. going, if I'm if I'm going King. No. with like just the fan side of me, I would go with like Proud and Powerful or Tisa Santana yep. to win it because yeah. I, I would love for them to win it. The New York but Vikings. I'm all, no. But I'm also, I would not be surprised if fucking um, Silver and Reynolds win it too, though. So. Yeah. If I'm going with my heart, I want Ortiz and Tana to win. But if I want to be, like, logical here, I think Reynolds and, and Silver takes it. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, God, they, they, they've been announcing on social media, like, so many teams that, like, they didn't announce previously are just now in this match. Um, I really think any team has a chance to win here. I wouldn't even be surprised if, if they do, like, uh, something random by having, uh, like, just a top flight win, right? Like, out right. of nowhere. I don't think it would make sense, right? I mean, I don't really know – uh, where they're going to go with the, the tag titles after this. But I think if I'm putting money down, it's going to be on Santana and Ortiz. But like I said, I, you know, Silver and Reynolds are so over, especially John Silver. I wouldn't be surprised if they just, you know, even just say Pac and Ray Phoenix, right? Like, they're they're in it. I wouldn't even be shocked if they go over. It's really a gimme. It's, it's a toss-up. But um, if I had to put money down, it'd probably be Santana and Ortiz. And I hope so, too, because they deserve mm. it. Yeah, they do. They definitely do deserve it. Okay. A match I'm not really interested in, but I, I do hope there's a good outcome, and that's uh, Miro and Kip Sabian versus Best Friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. You know, I have not been a fan of the usage of Miro in AEW, but this past week on Dynamite, Miro did cut a pretty good promo, and we got we got a little bit of a sprinkle of the Bulgarian brute Rusev with that promo. So in a perfect world, Miro, Kip Sabian go over, and then Miro turns on Kip Sabian, beats the crap out of him, and he's separated from Kip Sabian. That's what I want. I don't know what's going to happen, but my pick to win this match is uh, Miro and Kip Sabian. I mean, yeah, right? Miro's got to go over here, right? Because, I mean, how, how could he lose unless Orange Cassie pins Kip Sabian? And that's what makes, um, you know, Miro turn on Kip because he's the weak link or something like that. But, no, nah, I don't see it. I think I think uh, Miro pins uh, Chucky e. T. Um, and... You know, hopefully we just kind of see Miro kind of climb the ranks a little bit because you're right. He hasn't been used the right way. Uh, but you know what? At the same time, it's like he's still new in the company. He's not just going to come in and, and get thrown right into the world title mix. You know, they're, they're going to build him up. Um, he's 
obviously a hell of a lot happier in AEW than he was in WWE. And a lot of people, you know, I see, I saw him just last night. He's responding to some fans who were like criticizing him about his booking. They're like, oh, you know, you left WWE for this crap. And he's just like giving sarcastic answers back. Like, like he, you could tell he's just happier. So like, happy, yes. that makes me happy too. And it just makes right. me feel like, okay, yeah, he's not being booked in the best role right now, but it's coming. You know, Tony spoke very highly of him when they first signed him. Um, you know, he's going to be a big deal in this company at some point. He's obviously just doesn't fit in the mix of, you know, in the top program right now. Um, so he's going to go over here. And, and like I said, I feel like the, the split from Kip has got to be coming. Yeah. Uh, that, that's one thing that you pointed out. And I agree 110%. Miro is much happier now. You can see it on social media. You can see it even on camera. You see how happy he is. Yes. I am not a fan of how he's been booked. Um, I think you can even make the, an argument that he was booked better in WWE, you know, maybe not the towards the tail end of his run, but like, you know, when the high of him being United States champion, going to the feud with John yeah. Cena, et cetera, et cetera, he was booked a bit better. But it's but hard to say, though, because he because like, I don't think you could say that until like we see him in AEW for years, you know, like and then we'll compare who, where he was booked better. Right. Like, uh, he's only been in the company for, you know, right. yeah. and not that judging. long. So. And I'm just judging just based on what we've seen from Miro in recent months. I'm not judging, you mm -hmm. know, where Miro is a year from now, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm just comparing how Rusev came into quote unquote the main roster and how he's booked to Miro making his AEW debut, you know? Yeah. Like that's what I'm comparing. But yeah. Miro is much happier now, so I'm happy for him. Uh, but like I said, I do hope Miro does get separated from Kip Saban at some point. Yeah. And you know, Kip Saban, he's a great talent. He has a great look. But man, him and Penelope before don't do nothing for me, man. No. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen a lot of uh, negativity on you know Twitter and stuff thrown his way. I think he's extremely talented. I like the yes. guy. Um, but yeah, I think they. I think like you know, like I think he could be like a, a big deal. Him and Penelope, right? If like uh, Penelope helped him, like cheat to win matches and stuff like that he was this cocky like arrogant heel yeah like, you know she does yeah. all, of, all of uh his dirty work you know like i think it could work but it's just yeah something about it is uh not doing much for me you know at the moment all right we got team taz brian cage and ricky starks hopefully ricky starks when he's in this match he actually wears wrestling boots and not those slippers that he's been wearing the past <laughs> couple weeks you don't like that style my... come on <laughs> nah man it's weird <laughs> Versus, versus Darby <laughs> Allen and Sting. I'm wearing a Sting shirt, by the way. I'm wearing a Sting shirt, guys. Yeah, that's badass. Um, Darby and Sting have to go over here. There's no way Sting loses his first match in AEW. No way. Uh, so he's you know, not going to lose like WWE? I hope not, bro. Mm -hmm. I, I think Tony Khan's smarter than that. I have a feeling this match is going to be a mixed mixture of in-ring work and then cinematic. That's my yep. feeling. What's your take on it, Ryan? Yeah, no, I agree 100%. I actually thought at one point it was going to be fully cinematic until we saw Sting get physical. And also, too, the fact that they, like, actually sold tickets to this event and there's going to be a lot of people there. Like, they're not just going to screw these people out of seeing Sting. Like, it's not going to be fully cinematic. But I think, yeah, Sting's not going to be able to go, just say this match goes 25 minutes. He's not going to be able to go the whole entire 25 minutes at a high level like that. So they're going to be, it's going to be edited when they go backstage and then they'll, they'll come back. They'll, they'll start in the ring, they'll go backstage. That part will probably be edited. They'll give everybody a breather for a little bit, and then it'll kind of culminate in the ring. Um, but, yeah, I don't see a way that Sting and, and Darby lose here. And let's just hope, okay, not that I haven't been enjoying this, but let's hope this is the end of this 
Team Taz, Darby Allen feud. Me too. End this once and for all. Mm -hmm. It's the perfect way to end it and be done with it. Let Brian Cage and Ricky Starks move on. Let's let um, Darby's obviously going to have a new challenger after this pay-per-view too. Let's move on from this once and for all. Like I said, it's been a good feud, but it's run its course at this point. Let it end here. Uh, I'm excited for it, though. I, I really am. I'm, I'm curious to see what else Sting can do because uh, the little teases and the physicality that we've seen from him gets me excited. So it's, it's good to see Sting back. And plus it's Sting. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Come on. Sting. Right. All right. For the Women's Championship, we got Hikaru Shida uh, defending her championship against Riho Mizunami. Um, Shida's going over. I'm sure this match is going to be great. But like I said, when we, when we first started the predictions – uh, Rio Mizunami should have been the, the the female to win this tournament. I'm sure this match is going to be good. I'm sure you know they're going to give us some great spots and moments. But this is the wrong this is the wrong women's title match. Just my opinion. Listen, this is not going to move the needle. This is not going to um, improve the women's division. It's not going to move it forward. Unfortunately, you know they threw Rio Mizunami into this, and hopefully. I think their hope is for her to get over like Riho did. Um, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see how anybody's going to care about this. Like you said, it's going to be a, a great match. Ryo Mizunami is a real, really, 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 really great worker, okay? Her and Cheetah are going to be doing some great things in this match. I have no doubt. But nobody's going to care about this, right? Nobody's going to invest themselves in it like if Britt Baker was in it, okay? Nobody's going to care because, again, I just don't feel like people care that much about the Joshi women as much as People in AEW think they do, you know? And again, Riho got over insanely. Shida got over. I think they're hoping the same yeah. thing with Ryo Mizunami. I just don't see it. Shida's going to retain here, and then, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I will say, though, that little face-to-face um, -face interaction that they had on Dynamite, that yeah. was the yeah. best, the most serious that I've seen Shida look in quite some time. That stiff arm, those punches that they were throwing at each other, especially Shida's, Looked awesome, and I think Sheeta in that white suit just looks she like looks badass, hot, bro. Yeah. yeah, she looks she hot. like a big freaking star, like a big deal. Um, you know, like I said, this is what we need to see. This is the side of Sheeta we need to see. I think she easily goes over here, and then we'll see what happens, what her next program is. I do think she's getting to that time where she's got to have to drop the title. Just like I said, we need something new in this, this women's division, but it's obviously not going to be here uh, to, to Mizunami. All right, we got Hangman Page. Versus Big Money Matt Hardy in a big money match, which I'm not fond of the stipulation, but I'm sure this match should be cool. Uh, where the winner of this match takes uh, the purse of the opponent's like earnings for like the first quarter, second quarter, I forget what gimmick it is, or first half of the year, I don't know. Uh, Hangman Page has got to go over here, but I think mm -hmm. the bigger story here does Hangman Page eventually join the Dark Order? Dude, I, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't think so, but I know I'm so over this too. Like, I just don't know. I mean, they've been teasing it for so long. Like, he, he rejected their offer. So why, why is he still involved with them? You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't, I would hate that. <laughs> I don't see how that makes any sense. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't think so. But yeah, I, I don't know why. They're, this is what I will so say, just to, just to, just to play devil, devil's advocate right here. And by the way, like I said, Hangman Page is going over, but. You know what? Adam Page does have really, really good chemistry with Reynolds and, and Silver. I will say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, has really good chemistry with them. It's funny, too, with, with uh, you know, John Silver being obsessed with him and giving him hugs <laughs> and stuff. So it's funny. hilarious. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see what we got here. Okay. Um, we got this Face of the Revolution ladder match where the winner will uh, get a TNT championship uh, title shot. We have Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky. 
um, rumored that's me, but I'm not saying I'm not denying or confirming that it's me or not. Uh, Pentagon Jr. Lance, which Archer, honestly, I, I have to say, I, I was going to cut you off because I was going to mention this too. Our boy Brian Sendek said earlier, <laughs> uh, but I was waiting for 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 this moment. Uh, he said, "By the way, Mario, just remembered. Best of luck tonight in the ladder match, bro. Zero freaking miedo, bro." <laughs> Look, so, I'm not confirming or denying that I am Pentagon Jr. All right, I'm just like saying that. you've never yeah, seen. You, might, you, know, <laughs> you, you never... might be the big signing that AEW is talking about. You know, it's not Pentagon Jr. It's Mario freaking Martinez Jr., bro. <laughs> All right, Max Caster, which you know, I have mixed feelings about Max Caster, but like, man, I'm surprised. Like, uh, you know, he was with the acclaim, his partner, um, Anthony Bowens, and then he Anthony didn't show up this week on Dynamite. Not he's even, hurt. Oh, he's hurt. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. That explains a lot. But it's funny how, like, out of their whole roster, they decided to just get Max Caster and give him the yeah. shot at the ladder. Yeah, and then you have this surprise opponent. Okay, let's first start with the surprise opponent. It's got to be Ethan Page, right? Yep. There's, I, there's I, no. I, I don't. I don't have anybody else in mind. I am a hundred. I actually looked at his social media, and it's still blacked out from his last Impact appearance. Like after right. uh, he like blacked out all the social media. He didn't. He wasn't a part of the new recruits at the PC for the WWE. I have no doubt it's going to be him. There is literally nobody else on my mind besides him. All right. I had I, when this match was first announced, I did have another person in mind just because he's not under he's not under a a, a full time contract like you know exclusive contract with anyone. I thought of Leo Rush, and the reason why I thought of Leo Rush is yes, I know he's the current MLW middleweight champion and he's also the AAA cruiserweight champion, but he's not um, signed to exclusivity deals with those promotions. Yeah. And, you know, he has ties with Joey Janela and stuff. And, I, you know, I think Leo, Leo Rush would be a nice surprise, too, even if it's just for a one-off. Because, obviously, if it's just a one-off, he's not going to win the match. Um, that's the only other person I had in mind. But my, my mind and my money is more towards an Ethan Page. I would love Leo Rush to be involved in the mix. And I don't even think it matters if he's uh, under contract with – MLW or whatever, because again, we see all these companies working together. We see the forbidden door, Tony Khan being yep. open to work with anybody. I mean, he could strike mm -hmm. a deal with anybody, really. Uh, and I'm mm -hmm. sure, you know, if the opportunity arose, Leo Rush would probably have a lot of, uh, you know, leverage there. He'd probably uh, talk to MLW, be like, listen, like, I want to do this. This is the big opportunity. I'm sure they let him do it. Um, I would love that. I actually was not thinking about him in any way just because. You know, he just seems focused on New Japan at the moment, uh, which I guess again doesn't hurt his chances of this, but. Um, I think it's a safe bet that it's going to be Ethan Page. But um, either way, whoever the mystery guy is, I don't think it should be like Brian Cage uh, at last year's Double or Nothing where he's the surprise guy and he wins the match. I don't think Ethan Page or even if it's Leo Rush, I don't think they should win this match. I just I don't like throwing a new guy into the mix like that, having right. him win like that, and then just being thrown right into a top spot. Like That's just not a way to, to get a new guy over like that. No, because so as far as who wins... I'm going to have to give the front runner. My, my front runner pick is Lance Archer. Um, even though, again, like I just, I don't like booking a guy like Archer and Brian Cage, for example, in a top title match, if they're not going to win, if he's going to win, and this is the end of Darby's run as TNT champ, which would be a disappointment. Okay. But I don't see how you could book Darby versus a guy like Lance Archer and have Darby go over. I mean, you know, but by the way, I, I, 
Espérate, hold on, no. we, we have a delay, but uh, Teddy Solis is saying, I would love to see Adam Page join the Dark Order. What's up to our best friends? Um, now, with this here, what you guys were saying with, with, the, with the person debuting, you don't have to win, have win a match. You could use that match to start a, a, a storyline. You could use that match to, whether he's going to be a heel, whether he's going to be a face, you could call it on that match. That doesn't mean that he, that he or she needs to get their hand raised. You're right, mm -hmm. and, and that's why I think uh, that Ethan Page... Kind of like how we saw with, well, I mean, I know Brian Cage won the ladder match. I'm talking about the double or nothing pay-per-view last year, if anybody's yeah. confused at what I'm talking about, uh, when he came in and won that, that ladder match to, to get a shot at um, at John Moxley. Mm -hmm. But they, they started that uh, the Darby Allen feud in that match. Yeah. And I think we see Ethan Page and Cody start a feud here in this match. I mean, those two are very close friends, um, you know, outside of the ring. And I think, you know, I mean, what better guy to go after when you first debut in AEW than Cody, right? We saw it right. with Lance Archer, too. Like, mm -hmm. he's just the guy. So I think Cody and, and Ethan Page are going to start a feud, and maybe that match will happen at double or nothing. I have no idea. But, um, yeah, I don't think Cody wins this, and I don't think Ethan Page does. I think that's what it, it's based around, a feud between those guys. And, again, I put my money on Lance Archer to win this thing. So, obviously, I would love Pentagon Jr. to win. Right? Yeah, man, you got to win, I would love Pentagon bro. to win. But if I if I had to if I had to pick who would, who I would like to win it, I'm gonna say Scorpio Sky, man. I think this yeah. guy had a lot of momentum, and then it's been very stop and go with him. I think this is the right call to have him win and put him start building his momentum again, and then maybe getting a, a shot with the TNT Championship. And who knows, maybe even beating Darby Allen. I don't know somewhere down the line. But I, I think you know you put it on Scorpio Sky, but. We'll wait and see. We might all be wrong here and, and be someone that we're not even thinking of. It might be right, Cody. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Okay, uh, the tag team title match, we got the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho and MJF. I don't see no way the Young Bucks lose this, but who knows, man. But I, I say Young Bucks retain. I think Sammy Guevara plays a part in this and screws over MJF and Chris Jericho somehow to lead to the Bucks retaining, too. I, I just don't see how they drop it here. Don't get me wrong. If they did drop it, it would be very interesting. I, I wouldn't yeah. be opposed to Chris Jericho and MJF running no, around me. with tag titles. I think that'd be very entertaining. And that would just create like, you know, that could be like where we kind of see like the split between those two, right? Like in, if they defend, just say against the winner of the casino um, again, Hey, that would make perfect sense. You have uh, Santana and Ortiz win the, the casino battle Royal. Right. And then we have those like an inner circle, uh, you know, match for the championships. Oh, mm -hmm. man. And then that's where the inner circle just comes to blows. I think that'd be really intriguing. So I'm not putting AEW, uh, not putting that past AEW at all. But if I'm going to be a betting man, I think Sammy Guevara plays a role in screwing over MJF and um, and Jericho here, leading to the Bucks retaining. <laughs> Sammy Guevara returns and just, like, causes more tension between Jericho and MJF. And we get, like, a split, like... Inner Circle Hollywood and Inner Circle Wolfpack. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the main event, which I said it on a post yesterday. They set the bar very, very high at Full Gear 2019 in that Lights Out match. So I, could, I, I can't even imagine the shenanigans they got for this match. But we got an explosive barbed wire death match. Kenny Omega defending that world championship against John Moxley. I, it, it's safe to say Kenny Omega is going to win here, but how is John Moxley going to go out? Is this guy going to be like hanging from like limbs? Yeah, man, I, I I am so intrigued. It's so surreal that we're getting this type of match on mm -hmm. a pay per view mm -hmm. like this uh, for a big major U.S. promotion. 
I have no doubts that it's going to deliver in a big way. Uh, these two, uh, John Moxley just said in a recent interview the other day that him and Kenny Omega are like he thinks him and, and Omega are the best uh, workers in the world right now. And there's no denying that, man. Like they are legit two of the top guys in the industry at the moment, two of the best in the world. I'm not afraid to say that. The things that they can accomplish together, the chemistry that they have. Um, and I brought up the tweet here from Kenny Omega when he tweeted out the rules from the other day for this match. Now, I'm not even sure that these are rules. I think this is just like an explanation of what we can see in this match. Okay. Um, he says three sides of the ring ropes are wrapped in barbed wire. So it leaves one side uh, not in barbed wire. I guess it gives them some, you know, some play there where they could do other things on the ropes without having it be, you know, wrapped in the barbed wire. Uh, contact with barbed wire triggers explosives on the corresponding side. Uh, triple hell, he puts in quotations, which means the three zones on the floor are wired to explosives. And there's a 30-minute countdown timer until all explosives in and around the ring detonate. So, and he, and he draws up a funny description of this. <laughs> All the um, dude, honestly, like, they're going to have to, um, you know how they have the wrestlers around ringside for this? They're going to have to, like, push them back. Yeah. They're going to have... Um, I hope like the seating that they did for the fans. I know it's going to be like uh, you know a thousand fans or somewhat um, in the in Bailey's place. I hope that they didn't like sell like uh, like the lowest of lowest levels. I hope they like bring the fans back. I'm sure they're doing this in a safe manner, of course. I I don't think they're reckless, but man, I just hope all goes well. I hope everything goes according to plan smoothly. As a fan, you know, and as much as I love these guys. I hope that these two stay safe in this. I, I really, really do. A part of me is a little concerned for both these guys <laughs> because I just, I just feel like they're so reckless, especially, especially John Moxley. <laughs> he doesn't that I just worry. I worry about some about these two guys. So I hope all goes well. Like I said, I just hope no major injuries. I hope everything goes according to plan. I hope an explosive just doesn't go off when it wasn't planned to. God forbid, you know. Um, I hope these two stay safe in the best of way. And um, like I said, I am so intrigued, so excited, so pumped to see this. I, um, I don't know what I'm more excited for, this match or the Renee tweets. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's one of my favorite things. Yeah, I, mean, it, it, we, I live for those. Yeah, we're, we're in for a treat with this main event. All right, let's, uh, we, left, we left the best for last, all right, here. And that's uh, this whole big... Big show announcement that he teased on, on Dynamite where he, he he gave an exclusive that that there's going to be a new signing, not at AEW's Revolution, but at AEW's Evolution. Okay. Evolution, right. Evolution. Yeah, the whole women's pay-per-view come to AEW. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's going to be this big signing, all right, and there's been a lot of speculation to Kurt Angle, CM Punk, Christian, Batista, Brock Lesnar, RVD, so many names thrown out. There was some peckerhead on our comments that said it was like, oh. watch it be Okada, even though Okada's in Japan right now. Uh, yeah, um, we just talked about his nagging injuries. So right. There, which, may, which makes no sense why Okada, why they would make an announcement like that. Like, Okada's going to sign knowing that the forbidden door is open, but whatever. Yeah, right. If Big Show was would be, would be the guy to announce Okada signing with AEW... That's got to be on the list of things like nobody saw coming in 2021, okay? The big show right. with Okada being involved in some way. But, uh, Ryan, we'll start with you. Because I, I know you, you're, you're, gonna, you're probably going to go on a rant right now. Um, let's, let's just focus on these five names, all right? With all the, there was a lot of speculation, but let's just focus on these five names. Kurt Angle, Brock, Batista, Stan Punk, and Christian. Um, now the floor is yours. Go ahead, Ryan. 
I don't want to hear anything about CM Punk. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> no. First and foremost, I don't want to see any idiots, any trolls, any nerds, any peckerheads talking about Whoa. CM Punk. Give it up. I am a huge CM Punk fan, okay? Been a fan of his for a long, long time now. Love the guy. Would I love to see him back? Absolutely. Do I care to see him back? Do I think about it every every single day? Do I dream about it? Do I do I lose sleep over it? I don't really give a flying shit if he comes back or not. I really don't because I love pro wrestling the way it is right now. I love how everything's going. He, it makes no difference whether CM Punk's involved or not. He is not coming back. He has no interest. He said it numerous times. I don't know how many times he has to tell everybody that he's not coming back. Okay, He even said it himself. It's got to make sense. It's got to be the right time. Um he doesn't even feel like he would fit in right now. I mean, he doesn't think he can go at a high level with a guy like Kenny Omega. He's been out of the ring for so long. Who knows what his conditioning's like? Right. Stop it. Stop it with the CM Punk nonsense, okay? Obviously, I knew when they teased somebody that all these idiots were just going to go on a rant about CM Punk. I don't know how many times he has to, like, not show up for people to finally, like, put the nail in the coffin right. and come to the realization that it's not going to be him. Stop it, okay? But they saw him walking around backstage, and and, and oh, Uncle Dave dude. said that he, he saw him in trunks with uh, Stephen Amell. There's got to be a picture of him somewhere being spotted at, like, some airport right from, like, four years ago where somebody's going to tweet that out and be like, <laughs> oh, proof of, here he is in Jacksonville. They're probably going to uh, Photoshop the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium in the background or some weird shit like that, you know? Stop it. Stop it, okay? So we could put that to rest right here and right now. CM Punk, so I would narrow it down to four instead of five guys, okay? I know we on okay. the screen here we have CM Punk. Stop it with the CM Punk nonsense. Not him. Okay? I love this. I love it. And if you want to go with the other guys, Batista, that's a possibility, yeah. Um, would like to see that, yeah. Um, do I think it's him? No. No, I don't think it's Batista. Oh. Uh, Brock is another one, and the way they're hyping this up, Kind of sounds like it could be somebody like Brock. It sounds like it could be Brock. <laughs> I don't see it, though. I told you off air, Mario. I think Brock would listen to an offer from a company like AEW. He'd go right to Vince. He'd give Vince all the details. Vince would match that, give Brock what he wants, and Brock would stay in the WWE. I think Brock yep. is loyal to Vince. Don't think it's Brock. Which narrows it down to two people, and it's, it's one of these two, which this is my opinion. Kurt Angle or Christian. Uh-huh. Kurt Angle's been teasing it all over social media. He put out a video of him lacing up his boots again. It said to be continued. He just put a tweet up before we went on the air again. Said tune in. It's true. It's damn true. Well, he was saying to tune in to us. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. Right. Right. He was saying tune in to the Lucha Outsiders. Uh, <laughs> but the more and more Kurt Angle tweets about this, the more and more I don't think it's him. Um, it would be a massive letdown if it's him. I don't think he could perform at a high level anymore. We saw that he could barely stand when he was in the WWE. We were just talking about mm-hmm. off the air. He can't mm-hmm. stand without bending his freaking knees. He can't stand up straight. How is he going to be this top guy? And what how what more is he going to offer here in AEW? I don't see why they would waste their time. Christian makes the most sense. That's who I want it to be. And I think that's going to be my final prediction. It's so hard to imagine just because of what we just saw recently at the Royal Rumble. His buddy Edge just made a comeback. Um, I don't see why he wouldn't stick around the WWE and hope for maybe an Edge versus Christian match. But I'm going to go with Christian here because I don't see how it could be anybody else, man. I, I really don't. Mario, let's see what you got. I agree with everything you said, dude. Um, I'm going to go on record saying that if it's not Christian, Punk, or Lesnar, it's already a letdown. 
Yeah. As much as I love Kurt Angle, he's just not the same guy anymore. Um, Batista also, it's like, okay, he's a big name. He's a huge name. Him appearing in AEW, holy shit, it's going to make the rounds. But at the same time, it's like he's older. He's focused so much on his acting career. It's like, what is he really going to do in AEW? So I agree with you. I don't think it's punk because, you know, we got to, we just got to let that go. Brock is a very intriguing one because how it's being built, it sounds like it could be a Brock Lesnar. But my pick is Christian because Christian will give back to the town. He can still go in the ring. Oh, yeah. He looks in phenomenal shape. We saw him at the Royal Rumble, how he looked. And it just goes to show you, it's like, what the fuck? Was WWE not pitching him what he wanted? What, what was going on in the WWE front? If it's indeed Christian that he was like, you know what? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna make a phone call to Tony, or maybe right. Tony's making a phone call to Christian, or maybe Big Show's the one who's like, hey, you know, Christian's not on yeah. the contract. Hey, man, we potentially might see the return of Christian Cage yeah. on AEW tonight. Now, and does Vince not know about like this? No, like, no, I find no, it hard to believe no. that if Vince knows, he's not gonna give Christian what he wants. Like, no. right? Like, like this. That, that's why I don't like. That's why I just have a hard time seeing him. But let me tell you, if Christian ends up in AEW, first we get the Big Show, then we get Christian. Literally nobody is off limits at this point, and it's yeah. it's like it's like unbelievable. When we first saw AEW come to fruition, yep. like we never thought that these guys who were going to be so-called WWE lifers. Now I don't think Christian was going to be a WWE lifer. We saw him in TNA and all that stuff. But like after if we didn't see him in the Royal Rumble recently, I'd say okay, like I'd have a better mm -hmm. feeling it's him. But like the fact that we just seen him on WWE television, right. we're seeing Edge come back and make this comeback. Like, how is he just like, how is WWE just going to let him walk out the door? Well, I, I don't think that they're letting him walk out the door. I think what happened was this. And again, this is just me speculating, looking from the outside in. They probably pitched to him what they had in mind, which was probably something stupid. Right. Sure, so yeah. he's he's looking at MVP. MVP, I think, came back in the Rumble. They just had him like a throwaway thing. Now he's leading one of the best factions and one of the best stables that WWE has produced in the last 10 years right so christian is here i'm in the best shape of my life i got back into the ring i got my royal rumble moment what are we doing for wrestlemania oh nothing okay let me go to talk to tony khan tony what do you have for me so it doesn't matter if vince knows or not it doesn't matter how many how much money he throws at him christian's made his money he's fine he doesn't need to come back to wrestling because if he right. did he would have done the indies Right. Even before, you know, coming back to the WWE and then being medically cleared, I think it could be Christian, but it doesn't matter how much money the WWE is going to throw at him. He wants to produce. Now, Kurt Angle, he's being smart. He's using this hype for everybody to talk about him. You know right. what I mean? Hello. The timing. Nothing in wrestling happens out of the blue. You know that people prepare this. So Kurt Angle probably had this like typed up and ready to go. And, oh, I throw it now. Right? So, but what happens? Christian, I think, again, like you guys were saying, has the best chance to make it. Now, what if it's none of these five guys? There's nobody well, else out there. That's a great transition, Leo. That's, they, that's why I'm here. That's why I just come in and I come out. Go. Okay. Well, that's a very, because I've been, <laughs> I teased to, to Ryan before you even started recording. Uh -huh. I have... Which, keep in mind, I do not believe this is going to happen. But if in a perfect world it does happen... It's Blue Demon. No. No, sorry. So, Ryan, you mentioned something that nobody's off limits. You mentioned that right now. Mm -hmm. Also, Leo said also something right now about, oh, here's your idea for WrestleMania. You know what? I, I want nothing to do with it, right? Okay. Now, keep in mind, I'm, I got I to put this out there. Do I'm I believe scared, Mario. This? I think I have a feeling what you're going to say. I'm scared. <laughs> 
Hold on, wait, Ryan, wait. I do not believe this is going to happen, but I just have to point out certain things that Let's make go. me think. Let's go. What if? Let's what go. If? What you got? Don't look say at, it. Don't say it. Right. Let's go. Don't say it. Let's go. Yes. On Monday Night Raw this week, yes, there was someone missing on the show and was not mentioned at all who, who? on the broadcast. Who? Also, this person has no plans for WrestleMania. Who? Now, keep in mind, this person that I'm talking about Raw has been paired up with another person, and both of them were missing off Raw. What if, what if Big Show's announcement is AJ Styles is coming to AEW? <laughs> Not what I thought you were going to say, but okay. Wow. That's it. I'm leaving. Okay. We're now done. listen, we're by, done. by all means, I do I'm not leaving. believe this is going to happen. Now I kind of want to hear what Ryan's going to think I'm going to say. But okay, by all means, I do not think this is going to all happen. But he was not mentioned on Monday Night Raw at all. Okay. We didn't even get to see him in almost, not even almost. None of them were mentioned on Monday Night Raw, right? Um, The AJ Styles news has been pretty quiet. We haven't. Normally, when somebody's missing from Raw or missing from one of these programs, usually we have one of these reporters from the dirt sheets, whether it's Mike Johns from BW Insider or Dave Meltzer or one of these report, hey, so-and-so was missing Raw because of A, B, and C, and D, right? We ha It's been very, very quiet. Now, by all means, I do not think this is going to happen. But <laughs> no. if it did, but if it did, my God, would the wrestling world explode? What if, what if, Ryan, let me, let me just paint the scenario for you, all right? What if after the brutal Kenny Omega John Moxley match, we see limbs of John Moxley just laying on the floor or whatever. Kenny Omega celebrating with the Good Brothers, and who knows, maybe even the Young Bucks come out, and then all of a sudden the lights go out, and you just see the P1 on the screen, and AJ Styles is just standing there with a smirk on his face, just looking at them, and you see the rest of the Bullet Club just looking in confusion. What the hell is AJ Styles doing here? And that's how AEW Revolution ends. Hello, hello. Okay, I have one. What, <laughs> what, what, what wasn't his song though? I am, I am, right in TNA. Ready to fly. Yeah. What if they play that? Oh, oh my god. Or, or, his, or I want to hear his New Japan theme song. Okay. Oh, I, lo I love his yes. New Japan yeah. theme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Mario. Again, why do you do this? Because now I don't even care if it's Christian Cage. If it's not anybody besides AJ Styles at this point, I'm going to be disappointed now. <laughs> okay, okay, Ryan. All right. All jokes aside, the, the, what yes. I just painted and everything I just said right now, it does make you think, doesn't it? If AJ Styles quietly got out of his contract, which he said, could. Like, like CM Punk, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. And then all of a sudden, quietly negotiates with Tony. The problem is he's under contract. Right? right, so that would right. obviously be a breach of contract. If he wasn't on, if if he wasn't under contract, and we saw like, you know, maybe it wasn't a big deal right now, like what AJ Styles is doing, like then I'd say, ooh, you never know. But obviously, not going to happen. But boy, right. I know, boy, oh boy, wait, is that wait, a, is wait. that something that? <laughs> wait, we we can extend this a little bit more, right? So check us out. When did he resign again? It was around the time I that AEW was forming, right? He resigned. Yeah. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, I believe he resigned in 2019, early okay. 2019. Tail end of 2018 was when the rumors were going around of what he was going to do. Yes. So it, it had it was early 2019. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that, that I learned this week in in life, right, is that those no no compete clauses, right, on those contracts can be changed. 
when you sign a new contract. Why? Because now you have the leverage. You can't have that first contract leverage like a rookie in the NBA. Hey, you have, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. Now you technically are a free agent when you're, when you're negotiating your new contract. What if, and you are able to do this, you are able to change that no-compete clause. It doesn't have now, to be 90 days. Now look at you, Leo. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, bro, bro, this is why I'm here for, right? This is the only reason why I'm here for. I'm the independent contractor searching and shit like that, right? So in that no-compete clause, because I know somebody that actually changed it because they told him a year and he said, no, a month. So what if AJ oh, Styles... Man. And I like this. I like this because, by the way, again, it's on record. We're the ones that said it first. Hello, Lucha Outsider Show. Um, so what if he put that into the contract? Again, nobody has to know what the uh, no-compete clause is. Or what if, what if you just put a pair of gloves on the floor? You don't even have to have them come out. Just put a pair of, of, of baseball gloves and you fade to black. I, I, see, I didn't want to go this deep either. I'm just I, saying. Even, you opened up a can of worms to, here. I don't want to go this deep either because as much as I love the scenario and just based on Ryan's reaction, <laughs> I can tell he loved it too. But I don't think it's AJ Styles. But everything I just said, it's like, man, that would be a perfect scenario in a perfect world. But Ryan, mm -hmm. who did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say Goldberg. Oh, oh no, no! Yeah, yeah. No! I thought you were going to say him. Oh, I thought you were going to say, you know, it? what if we hear the dun-dun? No, 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 no. And here no. he comes, you know, banging his head against the, the no. door, and here he comes, and everybody's just like, oh, Jesus And then he gets Christ. a concussion. No! Yeah, right, and he, he starts, the blood starts no. dripping down his forehead. I thought you were going to say Goldberg, but okay, I'm, I'm glad you didn't. Goldberg. Um, but, was it, but, but wasn't my scenario pretty good, though? I mean, it's amazing, yeah. And the, the key word, like you said, if, in a perfect world, and we, unfortunately, do not live in a perfect world. Yeah. Oh man, that was a good laugh. I think we, I think we ended it with a bang. <laughs> of course, that that's no no better way to go out. And like you said, hey, if that hey, happens, hold on. I think honestly too, a lot of people, um, you know, still watching the show here on Facebook Live and in the chat. Uh, you know, looks like we got seven people, eight people watching right now. I'm sorry if everybody's feeling the same exact way that I'm feeling right now, where it's like <laughs> anything short of AJ Styles. So, so Mario. Down. Blame Mario. Blame Mario. And blame, blame Leo Mario. For, for, for getting involved, too. Because I'm just he, saying, I'm, I always look at the contract side contractually. Can he do it? Yes, he can. And again, with something that I learned this week, 90 day doesn't mean it has to be 90 day. I mean, it's not like you could tell John Cena, hey, John. It could be John Cena. No, it won't be. What about uh, it's John Cena, right? Hey. <laughs> Come guess on, what? man. Guess what? If it's John Cena, ain't nobody going to see him. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah, you just put an invisible guy there instead. And it's, oh, hey, it's John hey, Cena. McMahon, hey, McMahon, could it be AJ Styles? No <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, uh, first of all, thank you so much for everything you're doing on Twitter, bro. You've the, the, the In a week span, you've done more on Twitter for Lucha Outsiders than it's, yeah, it's yeah. all lifespan. Thank you. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like I said, um, I, I love just interacting on there. And, and thank you to everybody that's, you know, liked or retweeted or, you know, engaged with me on there. I got a lot of, you know, on, on the tweets. I see a lot of people, um, you know, joining in on the conversation, you know, and it, it's fun. It really is. And like I said, I, uh, you know, we can debate wrestling, but it's, it's all in good fun. So um, I plan on, you know, all, all the shows I watch, you know, Raw, um, NXT, AEW, SmackDown, whatever. Pay-per-view tonight, AEW Revolution. I'll be live tweeting on there. So go follow at Lucha Outsiders. Um, get involved. You know, it's, it's let's just enjoy ourselves. And um, like I said, give it a follow. And, you know, New, New Japan, too. I've been tweeting New Japan stuff. And, um, you know, I'm just having fun. So, yeah, of course, man. Uh, anything else you want to plug, Ryan? 
Yeah, you know, I guess I'll, I'll still plug, obviously, uh, Wrestle Radar, Instagram, and Twitter, even though I've been way more active on the Lucha Outsiders than I've ever been on the Wrestle <laughs> Radar uh, Twitter. You know, uh, I, I try and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, be diverse a little bit, like, you know, just to split it up. But mostly the main focus is on Lucha Outsiders right now. But give Wrestle Radar a follow. Why the hell not? Uh, mm-hmm. Royal Ramble Wrestling on Instagram. My boy Brian Sendek does a tremendous job with that uh wrestle radar on youtube because you know um well probably next week i'll have so, some more news on on this based on if wrestlemania tickets are going on sale by the end of the week mm-hmm. uh, i do plan on going to tampa and uh, me and my brother we love to vlog our experience all weekend long on these trips nice. so definitely follow wrestle radar on uh wrestling radar on youtube uh for some good content that could be coming up on the way and uh yeah if you want to follow my personal account at ryan underscore martirano you can feel free uh probably going to be a little bit boring uh, as opposed to following the Lucha Outsiders page and all the fun <laughs> stuff I just mentioned. But um, yeah, go for it. Don't, don't, wor- don't worry about it. The last picture I put on my personal account anywhere, it was like 2016 when I went to watch a soccer game. I'm just saying, I, we don't <laughs> there post on there. There's other, there's other stuff we got to worry about. No, losradio.com. Make sure you guys follow the page. Make sure you guys go check out, download the app. We're actually talking to other um, wrestling podcasts, Mario knows, uh, about bringing them on to Los Radio. So I got an okay for a couple of them. I'll tell you all the air. Um, just go to losradio.com uh, and make sure you tell your friends about it. And if anybody's doing a podcast and would like to be a part of what we're doing here, they can go ahead and reach out to us, and then you guys could be on the app and also on the page. We're building a little community there, and there's some stuff coming on. Dale. That was good. It's like I practiced oh. that one, baby. Woo! I got it. Real, real quick, let me let me give a thank you to you guys, dude, because I have not laughed this much all week. I had a very stressful, emotional week. And you two definitely, you guys cracked me up today um, just with all the shenanigans and everything that we talk about. So thank you, Leo. Thank you, Ryan, for uh, doing the show this week with me. It was, like I said, it was a very rough, emotional week. I don't want to go into details about it. Maybe one day I will share it. But uh, some unfortunate events took place this past week. But, um, you know, there's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Leo. Thank you to the very little people that do know what's going on right now on my end. Uh, thank you for, you know reaching out and thank you for for your wish well wishes with everything you can follow me at rated r since 87 but make sure you follow us at lucha outsiders everywhere instagram facebook and twitter i can finally say twitter proudly yeah actually there's actually stuff going down on twitter you're welcome but um if you, uh, besides our social media make sure you subscribe to the podcast i just sound like i want to be fancy apple podcast soon i missed that below share.com stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, radio wherever you get your podcast needs and that is it we gotta get a better computer. We have to get a better computer. Man, Just let me tell you, these shows fly by, man. They really do. Like I said, everything goes great. I'm looking at the recorder. It says two hours and 50 minutes that I've been sitting here, bro. Need a marker. I'm looking at my invisible watch, man. It feels like we've been on for five minutes. I know. Well, a lot of a lot of that stuff, a lot of those minutes, and I'm not even say a lot, but a good quarter of that. That's all like, you know, just shenanigans that when you just start here recording, then you got to, you know, trim that shit no, down. No, I know. But I'm saying the, the, those first 20 minutes, we should just put them at the end and let people hear the wrestling talk. But no, this is good. And again, you know why? It, this conversation that you guys probably would have had, it would have taken the whole week. And then you would add more stuff to it. So now we're having the conversation public. So there you go. Yeah. Um, by the way, we got to get your, your boy uh, to come on. What's his name? Brian? Ryan? Brian? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's in the, yeah. Uh, just throwing it Brian out there. Send it. Just throwing it yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, we, we should get a we should get a, a nice little Lucha Outsiders uh, Royal yeah. Ramble 
No, he's, um, he, he deserves it too. Me and him used to podcast back in the day. He's excellent. He knows his stuff in and out. He honestly, well, he's been watching way longer than me, but um, he's, you know, knows a lot more and in depth. I mean, you know, like I said, we're both on the same scale. We both follow the same stuff. We, we read into it. We obviously have a lot of knowledge. He is outstanding, and um, I'd love to have him on the show too. So, yeah, we should definitely. We'll do a rotating fourth because I'm here to stay, baby. <laughs> no, I am the right. third man here. No rotating third anymore. So, it's rotating fourth, okay? So we could be called the Four Horsemen. There you go, four see? Four Horsemen, baby. <laughs> we'll get our boy Brian Sendek on, and I think it'll be a blast. Let's make that happen. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Mario. All right, for the old man Leo. Yeah! For our double, Ryan Radar. Yeah. I'm yours truly, Mr. Radar. Till next time, keep Radar. Take the sweet. <laughs>